Welcome back, guys, to another episode of From the Sideline, man. And I'm back with my co-host, Pete. And, man, we want to take the time out to thank you guys that's watching us over on uh, YouTube. We did get a couple of listeners on Spotify. I got uh, four, four listens over there, so we want to thank you guys for listening over there. Um, if you don't know, we do have the video, um, the audio up on Spotify, and I'm working on Apple Music. I put the submission in. Uh, just have to wait till they, uh, they approve it, and then I'll let you guys know. But without further ado, man, we're going to kick it over to Pete for Pete's message. Pete, what you got to say, man? What's going on, brother? What's up, man? Yeah, uh, so today we're going to start off with talking a little bit about college football. And I'm going to keep it brief. I'm not going to go real long. But I just want to discuss the top four teams right now, which is Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Alabama. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows the one school that doesn't glare out at you when you hear those four teams mentioned is obviously Cincinnati. Cincinnati is number three in the country right now. And when it comes to college football and when it comes to college basketball, we know usually every year it's the same schools that we constantly hear about all the time. You know, uh, your Dukes and Kentuckys in basketball and in college football, you know, your Clemsons and your Alabamas. Those are the teams that you always hear about. And it's good to hear for once a school that's not known for playing football or being that good at college football is finally one of the new teams out there that could be reckoned with over the next few years to come. With the whole college playoff, I think it's really good that even though you have three good teams in there, it's nice to have another team that's deserving of being in there that might be a smaller school that could possibly pull an upset when the national championship game comes down. And right now, Cincinnati is ranked number three. They're 12-0. and They're 8-0 and in the conference, but they have a big game if they want to stay in that top four. And that's this week against Houston, who's ranked number 16. They're also 8-0 and in the conference, and they're 11-1 and overall. So just one loss compared to Cincinnati's two losses. Now, let me just let you know real quick, for those that don't know, they're actually in a conference called the American Athletic Conference. Not to be confused with the ACC, they're actually the AAC. And let me just give you a quick list of some of the schools that are with them. UCF, East Carolina, Tulsa, SMU, Memphis, Navy, Temple, South Florida, and Tulane. Now, when I hear those schools mentioned, the first thing I think about for some of those schools is definitely not football, I'm thinking basketball. But these are schools that are in this conference, and some may say it's not that hard of a conference. It's not your Big Ten or your SEC, which are really the power, power conferences. But Cincinnati has still done what they needed to do to be 12-0, and to also be 8-0 in the conference, obviously, to be playing good ball, and to have some good schools on that resume that they've beaten. So I think they 100% deserve to be here. I think they'll get past Houston this week, let's hope. And let's see what they can do when it's down to four teams with the national championship, whether it be Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, they might put up a fight and upset somebody. So be careful with your bets because you don't want to be a loser by putting in the wrong ticket. Jump on the underdog. Always jump on the underdog, even if it's a couple bucks, because the profit always pays. Go Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, that's Pete's message, man. Thank you, Pete. Now, we do got some guests in the building, but, you know, we want to get through our, uh, our NFL picks, and we don't want to spend too much time on it because we want to give you guys some uh, some more talking, some more debating. So me and Pete, gonna we're going to get to it. So we're going to start off with the Dallas and New, Orleans, New England game, which we're going to wind up talking about with our guests a little later. Um, I had Dallas winning. Dallas won. Who you have, Pete? Dallas all day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Dallas running game is really struggling. Um, 
as we saw last night, but they still managed to get the job done. Um, Taysom Hill coming in at quarterback, first start of the season, um, more of a runner than a thrower, hurt his finger early in the game, and then Dallas was able to run away with it, especially with a long run by uh, Tony Pollard, who's looked way better than Ezekiel Elliott right now. So uh, Dallas hopefully now is moving in the right direction, and we'll see what happens. All right, we got Tampa versus Atlanta. I'm going Tampa. Absolutely, Tampa this weekend. Um, yeah, Tampa all day. Atlanta can't do anything with that. Uh, I expect this to be a high-scoring game, but definitely a blowout on Tampa's end. Arizona versus, Arizona versus Chicago. I'm going Arizona. Absolutely, Arizona. This will be Kyler Murray's first game back since his injury. He did miss three starts. Could be a little rusty, but Chicago's really not a threat. They should be able to get this job done. We got Cincinnati versus Chicago, um, Chargers versus Cincinnati. I'm going Cincinnati. Ooh, this is a tough one to pick, man. Joe Burrow, I said, quote, Justin Herbert is my favorite player to watch right now. I love watching the Chargers. But the problem with the Chargers is it's inconsistency. They are not consistent enough. They win, lose, win, lose. So maybe you're saying since they lost last week, they'll win this week. Um, not necessarily. The Bengals are just playing really, really tough. This game could go either way. Um, you know what? Just to be an opposite, I'm going to go Chargers. I'm going to go Chargers. Okay, we got Minnesota versus Detroit. And I told you guys, I ain't going back on my word. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't taking a vote for Detroit no more. I'm going Minnesota. Yeah, um, even if you were going to go back on your word at some point during the season, this is not the week to go back on it. Because <laughs> Detroit is not beating Minnesota. Um, Kirk Cousins and those wide receivers – just too much for Detroit to handle. I agree. Then we got Indianapolis versus Houston. I'm going, going Indy. Absolutely. Uh, Colts have that defense, even though they got exposed last week against Tampa Bay. But there's no harm in saying that because Tampa Bay, as we know, are defending champs and have a really high-powered offense. They were in that game. They could have easily won that game. Just the ball bounced the other way, and uh, Tampa Bay was able to pull it out. But uh, I like the Colts in this one, especially with the Texans coming. Texans coming off a loss to the Jets. Uh, we got the New York Giants, which, which I just found out this morning that uh, Danny Dimes is not playing in that game. But I'm still going Giants. It's my team. I'm not being biased. I think we can beat the Dolphins. We just got to play for it. Wow. Let's see. Uh, Mike Glennon as the quarterback. Um, that's tough, man. Um, Miami had a good game last week. They've been playing good. I'm a Giants fan. But every time I bet against the Giants, they always seem to be to win. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I just think with no Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley is just not himself. Um, I, I got to go Miami in this one. I think Tua, I think the tight end, uh, Jacecki, and I think the wide receiver Waddle was playing out of his mind. I like Miami in this one, definitely. All right, so we got Philadelphia versus Jets, and I did not pick anybody for this game. I'm going to make my pick right now, and I'm going Philly. Okay, I thought when you say you didn't make a pick, that meant you were calling it a tie. No, you like our ties yeah, I just here. didn't see it. I didn't make my pick. <laughs> No, we do not like ties. That was a joke. We do not like ties. No, no um, ties. The Jets, I don't want to say surprisingly beat the Texans. The only thing I'm going to say a little surprising about it is, is Zach Wilson, it was his first game back. So to get a win in his first game back was, I guess, somewhat impressive, no matter who you're playing against. And then on the other end, the Eagles put out a stinker against the Giants. Weren't competitive at all. The offense couldn't move the ball at all. It was a super yeah, low-scoring game. And I thought so. they should have beat the Giants the way the Eagles have been playing. And to be honest with you, I think the Eagles were a better team than the Giants. But they came out super flat and did not look good. But I got to give them a second chance against the Jets because there's nothing on the Jets at any position that I can sit here and say that I trust at all. 
offensively, defensively. I'm sure there's some guys somewhere on that team that plays that's halfway decent, but just looking at the team overall as a unit on all three phases, special teams, offense, and defense, I can't pick anything that over there in New York that I trust. So I got to go with the Eagles. All right, we got Rams versus Jacksonville, and I'm giving Rams the first win with Odell. And I would have to second that. Absolutely. Uh, Jacksonville has no offense at all. Um, the Rams have been disappointing at times this season, coming out flat against matchups that we were excited to see. But Odell looks like he's finally acclimated with the offense. He uh, got his first touchdown last week. It was a nice one, too, at that. Um, yeah, you can't lose to the Jags. Please, please don't let us come on this show and have to bash you guys for losing to the Jags. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Washington versus Vegas. I'm taking Washington. Yeah, um, ooh, I thought Vegas would beat the Giants. They lost to the Giants. And I thought Vegas would lose to Dallas, but they beat Dallas. I cannot seem to get it right with Vegas. Um, uh, they, they, don't, they can't get it right. They don't know if they want to win. They don't know if they want to lose. But they're still showing fight. But then how can you go against Washington, who's on a nice little streak? Tyler he uh, Taylor Heineke is, is balling. McLaurin's balling. Uh, both running backs and McKiss McKissick and Gibson are both balling. Um, they just got Logan Thomas, the tight end back. I'm going Washington over Vegas. I think Washington wants to let everybody in this NFC East know that Dallas is not the only good team. And if the cards fall right and they can win the games against Dallas, maybe they could pull out this division um, and make it two seasons in a row. We got Baltimore versus Pittsburgh, and I'm going with Baltimore. I'm going with Baltimore. Also, um, the Steelers are done. Benito, finish, no moss, no more. That is it. Call it a career. Oh, call it, Rob, call it Roberto Durant. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I know you like it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he loves that uh, Sugar Ray Litter, no moss, man. Uh, yeah, that's it. No moss. That's it, Steelers. Yeah, I mean, then we got San Fran versus Seattle. I'm going San Fran. I don't believe in Seattle. I think Russell's nope, nope, done nope. in Seattle. Nope, don't believe in Seattle. Um, 49ers, we didn't think they could beat Minnesota this week, and they did it pretty convincingly. 49ers are very quietly winning games. I don't know any other team in the NFL that I can sit here and say that when they win, you don't even realize they won. You just realize the next day when you look in the standings and constantly see them keep rising and rising and rising. So the 49ers, Garoppolo, it's real low-key over there. Not a whole lot of talk and not a lot of chatter. But when you're trying to sneak under the radar, that's just the way you like it. You don't want everybody talking about you. Just quietly get the job done with the rest of your team and your brothers and see what happens when it's all said and done. All right, we got Denver versus Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City, but I think uh, Denver may surprise us. Yes, Denver's defense is something to talk about. Um, yeah, uh, the way they shut down, um, who was that last week? Uh, the Chargers last week. Um, yeah, Denver, man. Um, whew. Yeah, uh, the offense isn't anything spectacular to get all excited about. Um, but you know what? I don't see them winning a game. I do have the Chiefs, but I think that they're going to put good enough defense out there where the game's low scoring and the Chiefs doesn't just run up and down the field with them. Yes, the Chiefs have been clicking on the last couple weeks, but the Chiefs are still not the same Chiefs that we've been watching over the last couple seasons. Ever since they lost a couple guys from that offensive line last season, right before the Super Bowl, they have not been themselves. So, um, yes, the Chiefs will win this game. Yes, they're supposed to win this game, but this is not going to be your normal Chiefs blowout that we've used to seeing back in last season and the season before that. And then we got the last game, Monday game, New England versus Buffalo. And I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to say New England beats Buffalo. 
you know what? You know what? I'm on that. I'm on that wagon. I'm on that wagon. Um, you never even would have thought that with a rookie quarterback right now, the Pats sit up top, the AFC. Right now, the AFC runs through the Pats if the season was to end right now. They're getting that first round by. Everybody's got to come into that Coldy Foxborough Stadium and play games. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. And the Bills, I kind of put them with like, uh, you know, uh, the Chargers kind of, even though the Bills were picked to be a better team than the Chargers at the beginning of the season. But what I mean by that is just like inconsistency. Actually, I shouldn't have said Chargers. I'll say Rams instead. The Rams are that team that was picked to just be really good, and they've been disappointing. They're going to make the playoffs. They're good enough to still make the playoffs, but they have losses on their resume that they should not have. And Buffalo is the same exact thing. But, oh, man, uh, they're going to run into something in the Pats, and finally it's time to say that Buffalo will make the playoffs, but Buffalo is not one of those teams that pick the Super Bowl and, and win. Uh, uh, could they get hot at the right time? Absolutely. But um, I'm sorry, the Pats and other teams right now look better than the Bills, and I need some more consistency for me to think better of you. Word, and that's our NFL picks, man. Now, we're going to go ahead and get our guests in here. Um, it's two new guests, uh, so we get them in here, let them introduce themselves, and uh, we'll see you guys when they're in here. All right, what's up, guys? We got the guests in here, man. Like I said, we got two new guests, man. We want to thank them for stopping by, giving us their time. Uh, we're going to start with Mel. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Yeah, my name is Bill Washington, born and raised in L.A., now live in Vegas, um, LA, LA kid, you know, rooting for the Lakers, Dodgers, Rams, um, host a radio show on Talk to Me Sports Radio that's mon that's on Saturday afternoons, talk a little bit about uh, Vegas sports, the gambling aspect, and everything like that, so glad to be here. Roy? Hey guys, I'm Roy, I'm from uh, Virginia, East Coast, born and raised, uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Boston Celtics fan, had to wear the shirt for the occasion, Ooh. yeah. Uh, I'm from the uh, Views from the Heights podcast. We talk about casual talk and sports talk. So I'm just happy to be here. Well, thank you guys for stopping by again, nice, man. Me and Pete appreciate it. Uh, you know, you guys are giving us your time. But we want to we want to kick it right off, man. Well, let's talk about last night's Thursday game, Dallas versus New Orleans. Uh, Taysom Hill started at quarterback, which I kind of knew wasn't going to be a good thing because we really haven't seen him play like a really full game at quarterback. Uh, it, it turned out to to be – he put some points on the board, but it didn't turn out to be a good game. I think he threw four interceptions. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Four interceptions, two touchdowns, 19 for 41, 264 yards. So let's start with Mel, man. What, what were your thoughts on last night's game? I mean, you know, Dallas was on a losing streak, and, you know, they did what they had to do to win. But New Orleans' defense kept them in that game for, for a long time. But I think after Tony Pollard hit that, hit that long touchdown run. I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin. And, you know, we get, we're, we're hearing a lot of things about, especially with Taysom Hill, that new contract extension they got last week, I believe that four mm -hmm. years, that could be up to 40 to 95 million, depending on what position he plays. He's not really holding up to that, to that contract per se. And I think, you know, he was a little upset when Jameis Winston was in the starter. I don't think he's ever looked back and moved forward with that. Um, so I definitely think he has a lot of work to do. I mean, people are comparing him to Tim Tebow as he was playing quarterback yesterday. But the real question I have about the about the game last night is Ezekiel Elliott. Where has he been? He's this is the seventh straight game he's rushed for less than seventy yards, and Tony Pollard is pretty much taking that role on to him by himself. And I think since Ezekiel Elliott got that contract extension, he hasn't been himself. You know compared to what he was drafted fourth overall at Ohio State. And that's why I'm all, I was always opposed to giving running backs their second contract because none of them live up to the hype. You know, running backs are interchangeable. You can just plug and play when a uh, running back in your in your system. But 
you know, we've seen guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, you know, those guys are not living up to the contract decisions they got. The only one I can really say that's been living up to the contract decisions has been Nick Chubb and, and Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, that kind of gives you second thoughts. I would throw Henry in there before he got injured. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll give Henry that. I'll give Henry that now too. And I think Jonathan Taylor is on his way to getting that second contract too as well. But you know, it kind of proves my point, saying that you know these running backs are very interchangeable. I would just draft one every three years in the draft because you can get a running back that can plug and play. Especially you have a good offensive line that's you know that's giving the support that they need. But you know, Dallas got the win, so you know they they, they had a very horrible. A very horrible uh, time on Thanksgiving, losing to Vegas on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, it was definitely good for them to get the win to call it and try to move their way up to the, in the NFC because it's you know it's very competitive right now. You got you got Tampa Bay, you got Green Bay, Arizona. You know, those are the division leaders right now. So, they're, if they want to keep pace with those teams, they got to put up some W. So, it's a good win for Dallas, but I think New Orleans needs to get we'll go back to the drawing board and see if Taysom Hill is a long term fit at quarterback. Yeah, you made a good point. I mean, Cowboys moved to what eight and four first in the NFC East. I think it's pretty safe to say they take that division, right? Everyone in agreement with that. Yeah, I mean, unless Don't they lose do the Cowboy things, yeah, because mm. Washington's going to be a tough matchup, and they play Washington twice. They got to lose to Washington twice. So, I mean, yeah, I thought Philly would have had a good shot if they didn't lose last week to the Giants. I think that loss really pushed them back a little bit too, as well. So, Giants know when to do the job. Go ahead, Roy. Yeah, what you were saying about Zeke, man, I mean, it, you're totally right. I mean, 13 carries, 45 yards, the longest was 10. I mean, Zeke, I mean, ever since his injury, man, he just hasn't looked explosive. He just, he's missing, like, that it factor. I mean, like, when you used to watch him run before before the injury, man, oh, my goodness, so explosive. And you you got excited watching him run, and now it's like, where where's that fire at, you know? And I tell you, it's like he took that fire and just transferred it right over to Tony Pollard. I've been saying this since the beginning of this year before the season started. Tony Pollard, I think, call me crazy, might be the future of that that backfield. Because, man, he looks he looks explosive. I mean, the Saints, uh, a Saints uh, coach actually said before the game earlier in the week that they said, we kind of figured out Zeke. He said, I'm more worried about, about Tony Pollard and his explosiveness. I mean, you, he showed it with that 58-yard touchdown run. I mean – he had half, almost half the, the carries as Zeke did, but I mean, he was almost twice as efficient. Yeah, I told my, um, I told my 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 friend like three weeks ago, uh, the same concerns y'all talking about with uh, Zeke is the same thing we're going over here with the Giants with Saquon. Mm. So she asked me a question, and she's like, "What do the Giants need?" I said, "All right, we need an offensive line to protect Danny Dimes or whoever's going to be the quarterback going forward." We need to get rid of Saquon so we get rid of that damn contract and go sign Tony Pollard. That's the exact thing I told her. I said, go get Tony from the Cowboys because Tony, they, they'll rather give, they're going to rather give up Tony than give up Zeke. Watch mm -hmm. my words. And he's going to be on the market. Giants should go grab the guy because just like you said, Mel, running backs now are plug and play. What you got, what you got, Pete? Yeah, um, it's funny. That's a great comparison where you compare him to uh, Saquon Barkley. Only thing about it is, though, Dallas at least got some productive years out of Ezekiel Elliott for a little while. I feel like we've gotten nothing but injuries from Saquon Barkley. And I totally agree with Melvin. You said the thing about the plug and play with the running backs. When it comes to plug and play, it seems like the Patriots do the best job at that because they've had a long list of running backs that we've never heard of before position. until they start playing well. 
okay? And I was all for Saquon Barkley coming over. But now that a few years have gone by, I start to more agree with this plug and play stuff and not wasting such a high draft pick on a running back because a lot of times it doesn't pan out. You know, these running backs, if they're not getting the ball, they're blocking. That's a lot of wear and tear that they're catching every single snap, every single play. Um, what was weird about this week was they talked about how Zeke's been injured, bone bruise on his knee constantly. And I was told, well, I was heard he was supposed to sit out this game just to get some rest to be a little bit more healthy down the home stretch. I thought that would have been great for Zeke. Sit one game out, get your legs fresh, treat it like it's almost an extra bye week and be a little bit more healthier. And then out in the media this week, Jerry Jones came out and said, no, 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 that's not the case. We're giving a full workload to Zeke. Well, when you get a full workload and your backup doesn't get a full workload, but is more productive with the short amount of carries that he gets, that doesn't look good. And it hasn't looked good for Zeke the last three, four weeks. I mean, it's, I feel like it's been four or five weeks since the last time I seen Zeke go like this after a first down. Every first down, that's what Zeke always does. I haven't seen him do that in a while because he's not running the ball well. Um, and he's getting paid a whole lot of money. And if you're hurt, do the team a favor and sit out. But don't be out there uh, making yourself even look worse and making your stock even go down because right now you're getting outshined by the backup. Yeah, Peter. And, oh, one other point. Oh, I was, oh, I'm sorry. Got, I, one other thing, too. I didn't even mention on Taysom Hill, you know, it was his first game back. Uh, uh, you know, the injury, you can give him a couple more weeks to see. But even with a couple more weeks, I don't think Taysom Hill is the guy. Um, and if you said, too, before, like, maybe he's a little upset that he lost a starting job and things like that or whatever. But guess what? Even after losing a starting job just a few weeks ago, they gave you that contract extension. Yep. So that means even after you mm -hmm. losing the job, they still have this kind of faith in you to still give you this contract. So even though you haven't proved yourself just yet, you'll get more time to do it, but maybe it's not at the quarterback position, or maybe it's at the quarterback position playing it the same way you used to play it when Drew Brees was still there. But as the full-time starter, I'll give you a pass because it was your first game uh, last night coming back, and you also hurt your finger in that game, which might have been why you ran a lot more than throw a lot more. But uh, I got to see some other things than four interceptions. And no Alvin Kamara that game either. And no Alvin Kamara for the last few weeks. Yeah, and Peter, I know one thing you mentioned about the Patriots too as well. I mean, I mean, look at Baltimore. They lost their two, their top two running backs in the preseason, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And what are they doing? They bring in Latavius Murray. They bring in Le'Veon Bell. So they have they have options, you know, to bring in people off the street. Look yeah. at Adrian Peterson. He wasn't even playing at all until Tennessee brought him. Then he just got cut, and he just got brought in by Seattle too as well. Yeah. So there are running backs available, but you don't have to give those running backs these big huge contracts. And one perfect example was Melvin Gordon. Remember a couple of years ago, he wanted a big contract from San Diego, and he didn't get it, so he ended up leaving going to Denver. And, he, and now he's kind of picked up a little bit, but they're kind of running back by committee there over there too as well. So, I mean, paying those guys that type of money, like there's no – there's no Terrell Davis's anymore. There's no Adrian Peterson's anymore. Those guys, I think, are long and done in the NFL, especially with the quarterbacks being so important and vital to their teams. You know, I don't think the running back is just a, a marquee position that you need to go hunt for. You can get a guy in the late first, early second round to, you know, plug in and, um, and make sure that you have at least a, a run game to, you know, take some pressure off your quarterback. But, like, nowadays, you're not going to find those – those Hall of Fame running backs anymore. I think it's more of these guys that are plug and play. They'll just be there for a couple of years and then move on to the next team. So as as far as I'm concerned, I, I feel like we might even be, and I know some people will disagree with me, we might be making those same comments pretty soon about quarterbacks also. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you can get yourself an offensive lineman in the first round, that is the way to go. That is going to extend your running backs and your quarterbacks' careers a lot longer. 
You need offensive linemen. That position is so far and few in between where teams just don't have it. Or if they have it, they only got one guy on the offensive line that is good. So I get it. If you got that superstar quarterback, your Trevor Lawrence that you're so big on and so big on, and your franchise hasn't had a good quarterback in a while and you want to take that chance, that's fine. But guess what? We can still get quarterbacks in the second, third, or fourth round or even hit free agency for a quarterback. It does not have to be the first round nowadays. And a lot of franchises are being set back by taking this quarterback or running back in the first round and it just not panning out. And there's a list of names we could go through. Yeah, I mean, Zeke got to be better. Running backs got to be better. I, I said this the other, um, not yesterday, the day before yesterday to another guy, um, another guest that I'm having on the show, that you could literally go pluck a running back out of a parking lot. And that, that's literally what you can do nowadays in the NFL because you, you all you hear is this name running back, this name. And I'm in fantasy, so I know it. I'm dropping running backs left and right because everybody's going on the IR and then these other guys are stepping up, having big, big games and, and being consistent in those big games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but you said something about quarterbacks, Pete. I don't think that's the case because you could go pick somebody out of a parking lot, put an offensive line about him, and he still can't throw the ball 40 yards down the field. Uh, do we have to go through the list of all the quarterbacks that aren't panning out in the first round? I mean, we can, and I think that'll be the same. And that's why I think it's more important to groom quarterbacks and, and have them go through um, the college phase. And I think more quarterbacks should stay more years to get the growth. Because if you look at the NBA, when a player comes out four years, he's MB, they, he's what they call NBA ready. A lot of these players come out the first round um, or even a second round, but after one, two years in, in, um, in uh, college football, but they're not NFL ready. They think they are, but they're not. And then they have to go well, into rooms where somebody like Joe Burrow and, and Herbert might be the exception to the rule because when they came out, those guys were NFL ready. They were ready to mm-hmm. be quarterbacks. But you look at all the, the fells, Baker Mayfield's a fell to me. Johnny Manziel, you can say that, that the same thing happened to him. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that's been in this league the last five years that's not here anymore because they can't throw for a lick of nothing. Well, I feel like any sport we're talking about, if you stay all four years in college or even fortunate enough mm-hmm. to do a fifth year of college, you're going to be more pro ready. Yeah. Whatever sport that is that you're playing, it's not going to hurt to stay. The whole reason of leaving is you're chasing the money. And with the whole thing now that goes on with um, now college players being able to make money and different things like that, maybe some of them won't be going pro as yeah. fast. You know, but um, I mean, I just feel like like you got your Sam Darnold who was with the Jets. His career didn't pan out too well. You know, uh, he's trying to revive it in in, in Carolina and that ain't going well at all. Okay, I just feel like we make a lot of mistakes on these quarterbacks. Like, I feel like, honestly, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I almost feel like it's like it's 50 50. Either he's going to pan out or he's not. And you just wasted a number one draft pick. Like, I'm so tired of hearing, like, things like, even with the Giants, it's almost like, well, you could have had Micah Parsons, or you could have had this if you didn't do this, or you couldn't do that. But what do we use it on? Running backs and quarterbacks, running backs and quarterbacks. And you keep making mistake after mistake after mistake, and it's just like you're always setting your franchise back. In the draft is always the best way to improve your team because you can improve your team, and you can improve it for cheap. You don't got to spend that big money on a free agent that a rookie's not going to demand or be able to get. So, yeah, one one thing I want to one thing I want to add on that. Um, I mean, one example that I thought of perfectly was Josh Rosen. You know, he was supposed to be a top five quarterback, and he ended up going tenth Arizona, and now he's backing up Matt Schaub in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, not Matt Schaub, excuse me, uh, uh, Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, and then and then one thing I wanted to point out too as well. You know, sometimes 
it's good for a quarterback to leave early. Sometimes they accomplish everything in college and there's nothing for them to move on to. Perfect example is Matt Leiner. When he was at USC, Heisman Trophy winner, national championships, you know, and he accomplished everything that he needed to accomplish. I mean, if he went out the year before he did, he would probably would have been a top five quarterback, but he ended up going 10th overall to uh, Arizona, and we saw how that career played off. So I think it all depends on the draft class that you're coming out and what you accomplish in college and what you need to do in order to see if you're willing to take that next step forward. You know, Mark Sanchez was warned by Pete Carroll not to come out when he, when he, declared, for US, when he declared out of USC. He told him that he wasn't ready, and then he panned out, and you see where he's at now. So I think it all depends on the situation, the team that you're building around to as well, and what that college and what that what that college team looks like. I mean, because you know everybody knows like the top quarterbacks are going to be drafted first, but luckily if you're like a Mac Jones, who's drafted, you know, 15th overall, you go to New England, where you're with Bill Belichick, and look how he's thriving now. He's probably the best three quarterback we've seen in a long time. You know, that's been in that class too as well. So. It's all about fit and all about different situations. And we're seeing what Mac Jones is doing right now with New England compared to what, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and those guys that are drafted above him, even Justin Fields too as well. So I think it's all about, you know, what you accomplish at the college and see what you're, you know, if there's anything for you needing to prove now too as well. Yeah, I mean, you think you make a good point. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So, I mean, we know. But, you know, I mean, when it comes to the future, just uh, draft picks and everything like that, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, I mean, look how much hype surrounds these these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how much hype we had for the last draft class. I think we've been kind of spoiled over the past couple of 10, minus the past two years, the 10 years. I mean, we got, we got Kyler Murray. I mean, first year comes out. Amazing. I mean, we just have so much high expectations for these people. And when they don't pan out, I think we start to get that view of what how you were saying, like, maybe we're focusing too much on them. I, I just disagree because I think that we just kind of been spoiled and now we're just not, we're not grooming them anymore. I mean, you said with the one and dones, I mean, it's just start really starting to show now. Yeah. I think well, there's a about, lot more pressure before you go, Pete. I think it's a lot more pressure on young guys to come in and be game ready, ready to get in there and produce wins off the back where if you go back 10 years, it was, you draft a quarterback for the future. Now people are drafting quarterbacks to replace the quarterback that's near them. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Nobody holds a clipboard anymore. Mm-hmm. It's as soon as you come out, you're playing. Yes. You're playing immediately. And it's like you never sat behind a pro to see how the job is supposed to be done. You never sat behind a pro to learn the job the correct way. You're just thrown out there. And sometimes for some people, learning on the job is better for them, but not everybody. <laughs> you know, right. so, I mean, you look at, yeah, look at Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. They sat for a year too as well and look, and look where they're at mm-hmm. now. So it's about like growth, and it's, it's definitely about experience and, and learning the game because you put these guys in a heap of fire, and then you expect them to b- produce, and then they crumble under pressure, and that's been happening for the last 10 years with some of you these know, quarterbacks that could have been good talents, but mm-hmm. they don't know how to take that pressure. Everybody can't be a Tom Brady. Everybody can't be a Peyton Manning. Everybody can't be a Patrick Mahomes and a Kyler Murray and an Aaron Rodgers and a Russell Wilson. We, you you got to take guys for what they are, and I think a lot of a lot of things, it, a lot of a big part of it is of not just pushing them in. You try to make these guys do things they're not comfortable with, and that's the that's the NFL. You know, you it's funny. In uncomfortable positions and get it done. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's funny too because when you talk about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers was never going to get drafted and take Brett Favre's job right away. But then you talk about Pat Mahomes and Alex Smith. Alex Smith this never gets this never gets talked about. He never gets credit for this or whatever. Alex Smith isn't Brett Favre where it's like, oh, this is my job and I can groom Pat Mahomes to be a better player. 
Alex Smith had to play his butt off for Pat Mahomes to not come in that game and take his job. And Alex right. Smith had an unreal season that year. We see how good Pat Mahomes is. He's regarded as possibly the best quarterback in our game to come for the next however many years. He sat behind Alex Smith for a year because Alex Smith wasn't because of uh, my name being Alex Smith because I'm as big as Brett Favre. It was because he just was able to fight him off by playing really well. So it was definitely two completely different situations where as good as Aaron Rodgers is, there was no way he was overtaking Favre in his first year. But those organizations have stability from ownership to management to coaching. You look at Baker Mayfield, he's had three different head coaches since he's been in the league. He went from Hugh Jackson to Freddie Kitchens, and now he's with uh, Stefanski. So you have to have that stability in order for your team to move forward. And I feel like some of these quarterbacks, you know, you look at look at Jacksonville. What are they doing right now? They're they're more they're more concerned about going to London. The grooming for the future with Trevor Lawrence to get him some protection. And they bring in Urban Meyer, who needs to say he wins, but he's not the long-term fit. He's not going to be there for 10-plus years. He's going to be there maybe five or six years. Then he's going to get an analyst job or it might be college, might be calling back to him, depending on the opportunity that comes mm -hmm. about. So I feel like these quarterbacks that are getting drafted very high are not having stability. Look at Zach Wilson. The Jets haven't been relevant since Bart Scott said can't wait. So, I mean, they don't have any stability. They've gone through head coaches. They've gone through quarterbacks. Luckily, they GMs. drafted pretty well besides that. GMs, exactly. And the fact that, you know, these top quarterbacks are not getting the stability that they get from other organizations. Like, you look at Mac Jones being drafted to New England. Trey Lance drafted by San Francisco. These guys have organ – these organizations have, have stability at the top through management, GMs, and coaching. And these high quarterbacks aren't getting drafted right now. It's not going to be the same thing. And this next quarterback class is coming out. To be honest, it's not very good. I don't see a quarterback getting drafted in the first round of this draft. And I think if that you're looking for smart. a quarterback, oh, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I, and I think I hope <laughs> not. I hope not because if you're Detroit, there's no quarterback in here that's gonna save your franchise that that can do what Jared Goff can do. Granted, he's not played well this year, but I'd rather have Jared Goff to bring in a rookie who I know that's not gonna be the future and just try to see if we can win with Jared Goff with uh, Matt Campbell being the new head coach over there too as well. So. I mean, if I was a quarterback this year, I wouldn't declare just because the top the top people in the draft is not looking very great, and I don't think there's a franchise quarterback in this draft coming up. So, no, I mean, college college is getting thin on quarterbacks too because they all keep coming out every year. But I want to push the want to push the conversation forward, and I want to get on the Rams, man. So I'm gonna start with Roy here. What's uh, what is your thoughts? Do you think the Rams will ever win a championship? <sighs> Well, if it's not this year, then when is it going to be, right? I mean, I think this. I think it's pretty obvious. This team is Super Bowl or bust, right? I mean, bringing in OBJ and Von Miller, like this. This is their. This is their year to do it. They're going to do it. The Super Bowl is even at their home field. It's like tailor made for them. I mean, but you know, they're on that three game losing streak. I mean, we th at the beginning of this year, we we watched the first three games they played. We said, man, this is the best team in the NFL. They're better than the Buccaneers. They're, I mean, they're kicking butts left and right, and then. The weeks went by. I mean, they still went in, but I didn't think they looked as complete as I would like them to. And then, man, these last three games, I mean, it's it's been horrid. I mean, do they have a chance? Yeah, I think there's even a chance they don't even make playoffs. And that's mm. crazy to say. That's crazy to say, but look at it. I mean, they have the fourth hardest remaining schedule left. I mean, they got the Jaguars. I mean, that's a win. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. Hardest schedule, but not the Jags. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that softened the blow a little bit. But I mean, then they got the Cardinals, which they already lost to, the Seahawks, which they beat, the Vikings, which, let's be honest, that one could go either way. Baltimore, uh, I like Baltimore in that one, and the 49ers, which they already lost to. I mean, they lost to, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, not, that's not easy. I mean, there's a chance this team doesn't even make playoffs, and that would be a huge, huge blow to just, I mean, the Rams organization in general, and even maybe Sean McVay's reputation. I mean, the last team to win or reach the Super Bowl after losing three straight games was the 2012 Baltimore Ravens, led by Joe Flacco. So, I mean, wow. it's it's been a while. And, I mean, history doesn't look like it's too good on their side right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah um, you know, like you said, the first few games, they were to the talk of football. Stafford has come over here. Cup has emerged as a, the, the man out of any wide receiver in the NFL. And that's what it was all about. And then all of a sudden it's like down earth we go. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I mean, OBJ, Von Miller, like you mentioned, it's like, we're still losing with these guys. Yep. Then on top of that, we're even losing to the 49ers. We're losing after a bye week. You can't lose after a bye week. That's supposed to be your week to get it right. Even if you lost the game before the bye week. And right now teams, that you would think would come in here being scared of this high-powered offense are not scared of this high-powered offense. They don't care who you've added to the team. So, um, yeah, uh, they, they, they're going to make the playoffs. I won't take it that far, but mm-hmm. um, I could see them being one and done. Uh, if they're fortunate, maybe second round and being done. But this is no longer a Super Bowl favorite or somebody I'd put up there. I don't think they're better than Arizona. I don't think they're better than Green Bay. And I don't think they're better than Tampa Bay. And those are three teams in the NFC that you know you have to go through. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They took no win in November pretty seriously by going zero and three in November. So <laughs> definitely something. Definitely something that I was not definitely happy to see. Uh, one thing the Rams I noticed this year they've gotten a really slow starts. That first quarter for them has always been bad for them. They have not. They have not come out the gate really hot, and that's something that's very concerning for me as a Rams fan. Just to see that you know these teams are you know these teams you got to hit them out the gate too as well you got to punch in the mouth right away if you don't do that you're gonna be playing catch up just like they did last week at green bay they were playing catch up that whole game they were in position to to take over that game but it's just they just couldn't find that and then that Stafford throwing three pick sixes in three straight games doesn't help that up doesn't help that either and like and like you guys said you know they put they they don't they don't value draft picks we obviously know that they've traded away all their draft picks for like the next three or four years. So, I mean, trained for Von Miller, then OBJ and everything like that. But I think Robert Woods going down definitely hurt their stability just because he's yes. such a vocal leader on that team. And the fact that he's not out there and you're placing with OBJ, who granted, you know, he played on that Monday night game, but we all know he didn't look like himself. You know, he just, he just signed with the team on Thursday and gave him a week of practice, but he kind of looked better against Green Bay on that Sunday after he got a weekend too as well. But obviously, you know, he's been playing a little hobble because of his back, but, I definitely think the defense will get it together. We saw how the Rams, how teams are opposing against Jalen Ramsey. Like we saw Devontae Adams move from each side of the field when when uh when Jalen Ramsey was on him, and then Aaron Donald was getting triple team and everything like that. So Von Miller should help him, you know, release some pressure off of him. But you know, it's definitely a win now situation. I know you guys mentioned their schedule. Their schedule is definitely very hard, but you know. They got they got to find their way back into into the mix of things because I know right now I think they're faced to play Dallas, and you know, granted we know how Dallas looked yesterday, but still I don't want to 
that, that team is pretty scary, especially the way Tony Pollard is in that defense is playing right now. So that's definitely a team I don't want to see in the playoffs. So hopefully they can gain some ground. Obviously, Jacksonville's uh, should be an easy game, but we see them struggle with lesser teams. Like we saw them struggle against the Giants a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. So it's just a matter of them finding the way. I mean, Matthew Stafford's a veteran quarterback, so he'll make he'll make some adjustments to that to, to that team as well. But I think they'll get back on the right track. I mean, this team has one win against a team with a winning record. And that's Tampa know. Bay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but let I me mean, like you said, this offense is struggling. This offense is terribly over these past three games. I mean, just how you said when the Rams have to throw reactively instead of proactively, they can't do it. And I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen that time and time again. I mean, from weeks one through seven, they were second in expected points added per play and first in the passing game of the expected points added per game and 10 touchdowns to Cooper Cup. From week eight onwards, they are 25th expected points added per play and 25th in the passing game and zero touchdowns for Cooper Cup. I mean, it's just been a it's been a harsh fall off. And you made a you made a good point about the defense. I mean, last year, this defense was elite. And I I kind of see the argument that this defense maybe isn't as elite as we thought they were. I mean, we see defenses come and go year after year. And maybe people found, figured out this team. I mean, statistically, they're in the middle of the pack with, I mean, yards, points. I mean, they're just right smack dab in the middle. I mean, over these last three games, they lost by an average of 13 and a half points. I mean, two touchdowns. Is that really an elite defense? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, because it's like, you know what? If they were such an elite de- defense, they wouldn't have brought in an old, out of prime Von mm-hmm. Miller. Why even make the deal for Von Miller if you're such an elite defense? You got Jalen Ramsey. You know you got Aaron Donald, and now you still need Von Miller? There's nothing wrong with wanting to improve and get better. But if the way you're improving is going to a guy that's in the later stages of his career, um, if he's the improvement over what you have right now, then that means you're not as elite as what you may have been in the past. Um, And as far as you brought up the Tampa Bay game, that was their one big win. Why not go back to that same a style that you played against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I remember that game very well, and I get it. Everybody needs some some part of a run game, but air it out. That's your best yeah. chance to win games is get into a shootout early. You don't have to get into a shootout just because you're trailing in the game. Jump out the gates early. Uh, overturn this, uh, 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 what we think about you as far as not being a good first quarter team and throw the ball all game long. Stafford's capable of doing it. You have multiple wide receivers on that team that are good, including a young Van Jefferson, Throw the football. Hit Tyler Higby, the tight end. Throw the football all game long. That's what you should be doing because that's the type of offense and that's the way you guys are built to air it out and be a high-passing offense. So you need to do that from start to finish, and maybe you could start shooting out, out shooting some of these teams because if your defense is still allowing the other team to put up points, that means you're going to have to pass the ball to put up more points than the other team. Agreed. Yeah, so that's a great point you made, Pete, and that, that sets me up for my transition, right? So I'm going to transition, and we're going to stay with you, Pete. Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? If Matt Stafford can get one Super Bowl under his belt, I would say he's a he's a Hall of Famer. Now, I'll compare a couple guys to him. Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, great quarterbacks, did not win Super Bowls and are in the Hall of Fame, but there's a big difference between them. They had regular season winning records. They've made it to higher areas in the playoffs. Jim Kelly made it to four straight Super Bowls with Buffalo, even though he came up shorthanded. So so Stafford, on the other hand, mm, I get it. There's 11, 10 other guys on offense with him when he was with Detroit, 
but still you had no good teams with Detroit. You did not win enough ball games in Detroit, whether it wasn't all your fault and it was on coaches' fault, GM's fault, talent around you, the defense, whoever you want to blame it on, you still did not win enough games. You are the player that's most important. You have the ball in your hands on every single play and you don't have a resume of enough wins as far as I'm concerned. You don't have a resume of enough playoff wins as I'm concerned to be one of those quarterbacks that when it's all said and done, not have a Super Bowl under your belt, but still be called a Hall of Fame player. I don't have a vote as far as who gets in the Hall of Fame. So maybe Stafford still does make it. Maybe Stafford makes it, but he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, maybe I'll go with that then. Maybe he's a second ballot or something like that. But to call this man a first ballot Hall of Famer when he hardly has any regular season wins, he's always been on a losing team with Detroit. Uh, he barely got them to the playoffs. I need a Super Bowl if I'm going to give that to you. I, I need a Super Bowl. And like you mentioned too, Roy, if you're not going to win it now, when are you going to win it? Well, Pete, let me ask you, let me piggyback off this. Whose career would you rather have, Matt Stafford or Phillip Rivers? Phillip Rivers, as of right now, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, okay. absolutely. Because Phillip Rivers has come a game away from the Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers has been on winning teams with that organization. When has Stafford ever won? Well, when you say winning teams, that's what I want to say. Matt Stafford, 2011, 10-6. 2014, 10-5. 16-17, 9-7. And then now this year, he's 7-4. So he, ha he has winning records. He just hasn't well, done anything like you're saying to get to close to a Super Bowl. But so, if you look at his his throwing percentages, he's never thrown a completion percentage under under forty percent for a season. You so you, what you mentioned there, you you named that one winning season. Then it was four years between the next winning season, and no, then it I was get what like you're saying. I another three mm -hmm. years, saying and then never had like he's never won or had a winning season or won. Listen, I don't think there's. And he has won seasons, but there are teams out there that just, just are better than him and better. Right, than and I, I don't think there's any – when I say never, I didn't mean you weren't going to find, like, one or two or three decent teams. There's no quarterback that we would spend this amount of time even talking on if there wasn't a winning season here or there or if we didn't think there was some talent there. Mm -hmm. There's no denying that the guy is a good quarterback, but it is a team sport, and it's like, like we can give Michael Jordan so much credit because of championship rings and things like that. I'm, I'm not even big on championships like that. But you got to have won more games and taking your team to getting close to the promised land at some point in time. And now we put you on a team that's much more loaded and much more stacked than any Detroit Lions team that you've ever played on. Can you give me a better season than one of the seasons that you would call your best season over in Detroit? I mean, I think we all know that Matthew Stafford, I mean, he has the stats, right? I don't think any of us are disagreeing with that. I mean, over 45,000 passing yards and a, a completion percentage average of 62.6% .6 over his career, 282 touchdowns. He ranks 16th best quarterback all time in passing yards and touchdowns. I mean, and you also mentioned that 2011 season, he threw for over 5,000 yards that season and 41 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 5,038. And he's only one of eight quarterbacks to do that. I mean, even in a, a, a league that passes all the time. I mean, but like you said, the, the one thing holding him back is the lack of winning. I mean, he's been to the playoffs three times and hasn't won once. I mean, that's that's a tough thing to look at. I mean, but it's hard because you try to separate that from statistics and you're like, that's, that's hard to balance. I mean, he's on track to pass Frank Tarkenton, Warren Moon, and John Elway in career yards and touchdowns within the next few years. 
but and then you brought up Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. I mean, there's only five quarterbacks that haven't won a ring that are in the Hall of Fame. Dan Fouts, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Warren Moon, and Frank Tarkenton. But the difference between him and Matthew St- – those guys and Matthew Stafford is all five of those players have made at least five Pro Bowl appearances. Marino and Tarkenton even won an MVP. And everyone except for Warren Moon made an all-pro uh, all team. Stafford has only made one Pro Bowl and has never won any major individual awards besides Comeback Player of the Year, if you want to consider that Yeah, I was just one. looking at that. I don't know yeah. if you see my face, but I'm looking at his <laughs> and I'm like, what does he have? Exactly. And that's, why Stafford, and that's why Stafford doesn't get some of the credit he does because if Stafford was putting all these numbers up back when Dan Marino and Jim Kelly and them played, he'd get more recognition for it. But right now, throwing up 5,000 and, you know, that don't mean nothing with the freakish stats that these quarterbacks put up these days. Yeah, any quarterback you know, can do that nowadays. We saw Drew Brees exactly, do it how many times. Exactly, right, like, right. Mm-hmm. But Drew Brees is an elite quarterback. Yeah. Drew Brees yes. is absolutely elite. But we see, we see quarterbacks throw for 5,000 yards like it's nothing, though. Yeah. Like who? It's not that many. Not, but not let's back not, then. Let, yeah, let, but let, let's not act like well, it's, back then, it's yeah. 10 of them that can do it with their eyes closed. It's not. It's probably like two to three. Let me let me let me help Melvin out real quick. I think what Melvin means more is like, okay, it might not be five thousand on the dot, but it's in that five thousand neighborhood. No, I agree because you got James every Winston, season. I there's think a quarterback. There's multiple quarterbacks throwing for forty seven hundred yards, forty eight hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, and and but insane do, numbers. So it's do like you not credit that to the wide receivers. Them them quarterbacks have too. No, I, I credit it to this league being a passing league yeah, in the generation have, that we live my, in right my, now. My point is you got to have wide receivers to throw it to because if you don't have no wide receivers that can gain yards or catch the ball, then he can't throw for 4,500 yards, and not every team has that. And that's But I the said, Jim Kellys and the Dan Marinos had good wide receivers back in the day as well. Yeah, but they were more in a running league. Yeah, more running, not a pass-happy league like it is now. But, I mean, that, that 2011 season is one of the best statistical seasons ever, ever. With the five thousand thirty-eight yards and forty-one touchdowns, I mean, I just, I, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. I get what you're saying. Trust me, I do because it's it's a pass-happy league. Everyone passes now. But I mean, who did who did Stafford really have? I mean, okay, everyone obviously Megatron. says Megatron. Okay, but you're telling me all five thousand of those yards went to Megatron? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I I think that statistic really says something. I just feel like there's a better argument for your Jim Kelly and your Dan Marino being first ballot Hall of Famers over Stafford who didn't get any wins or even win a playoff game. Now, it's not too late. He Mm -hmm. has the fortunate chance of saying, I still got five years left of a career left, and I'm actually on a really good team right now. So these comments I'm making now could completely change at the end of the season with that Super Bowl under his belt. Then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, my opinion goes up way higher. Yeah, I mean, but what you said with first ballot, I mean, you got to look at who's his competition going to be. I mean, look, he has who's going to retire around where he is? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's just to name a couple people. Mm-hmm. So you get you try to compare him to who he's retiring with, and you look on the Hall of Fame ballot and you say, "Wait, one of these names is just not like the others." And you would mm-hmm. probably say Matthew Stafford's not like these guys, you know. So first ballot, I don't even I don't think that's going to be a question. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, you still put him with the names up there? I don't. Mm, there there well, you I, go. Good point. Well, I think we're having we're having the same conversation right now with Tony Romo. We're having the exact same conversation right now. I mean, he has the wins to back it up, but but he doesn't have the playoff wins to do that. You know, we have we're we're talking the same thing about that right now. And I feel like next couple years, (laughs) and next couple years, I think we're going to say the same thing about Kirk Cousins. So now look at to prove it. So now, if you compare Tony Romo to who we're talking about, right, Matt Stafford, only difference I consider and say is 
Tony Romo won some more regular season games because he was on a better team. And he actually That's won a playoff game. Difference. <laughs> Say it again? He actually won a playoff game. <laughs> and he won a playoff game. Exactly. And when he should have won a playoff game and possibly made it to the Super Bowl, the Giants beat him. So, hey, listen. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good, the Tony Romo one's a good one, man. Listen, me and Troy, Troy, right? A couple yeah. weeks ago, we went over the Hall of Fame list of the guys getting ready to go in now. And we were saying, like, who who deserves it more over others? We went mm -hmm. through a list of 20-something guys or however many guys it was yeah. of all the list of all the guys coming up for this next ballot of the Hall of Famer. And we were like, wow, this guy was good. Wow, I forgot about mm -hmm. this guy. Oh, dang, what about him? But it's like, they all ain't going to make it. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I think it's going to be tough for Stafford. So I think first ballot's kind of out the question, to be honest with you. I don't. Yeah, Unless I don't he wins think... the Super Bowl in the next couple seasons. Yes. Okay. He wins. He wins the Super Bowl. Then yeah, he's in the conversation for first ballot. But second go. ballot. I mean, after there that, it's go. it's a crapshoot. It's really Listen, a crapshoot. You, right, so you give me that Joel gold jacket. I'm happy. I don't mm -hmm. care what ballot I get. It. That's a great question, Mel. I heard you, Mel. That's is, a great is question. Joe is Joe Flacco first ballot? That's a great question. Because he won the one Super Bowl. You're saying? Yeah. No, he got carried by a defense. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Not to be biased. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not to be biased. Not so good. So Tony Romo versus Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford played more games than him, started more games than him, has more winning wins as a starter than him, but it's only by three. Loses as a starter. Tony Romo has 49. Matt Stafford has 94. I want you to think about that. Ties as a starter. Tony has zero. Matt has one. Win percentage. Uh, Tony sixty-one. Matt forty-six. Uh, pass completions. Um, two thousand and eight hundred and twenty-nine for Romo to four thousand one hundred and sixty-four for Matt. And then that's completions. And then attempts. Damn, Tony Romo didn't really attempt that many throws. Only four thousand three hundred thirty-two. But Matt Stafford, yeah, the gunslinger that nigga is. Mm. Matt, Matt Stafford is a gunslinger. He done threw the ball 6,624 times. Like One of the best arms you know, this league has ever seen. Their completion, ratio, their completion percentage is around the same, 65 to 62. Uh, Matt Stafford has more passing yards. He, he, he blows them out in touchdowns, 248 to 309. So, I mean, if we're talking about Hall of Fame, just by what I'm seeing here, I would put Matt Stafford in the Hall of Fame before Tony Romo. Yeah, absolutely, because – when Mel brought up Flacco, that's a good one. One Super Bowl mm -hmm. does not get you in the Hall of Fame because we can name a lot of guys that won one Super Bowl, okay? But one Super Bowl and Matt Stafford's numbers? Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're talking. I don't because know. Matt he has Stafford. a losing record, too. So, that, I mean, if I'm thinking about Hall of Fame, does that does that come into play? Well, that's the main uh, thing that I said yeah. when I first started arguing it was his record. I mean, that I can't really name argument. I, I don't know off the top of my head people in the Hall of Fame that have losing records. Oh, the person that comes to mind is Joe Namath. Other than that, I don't know. Well, I mean, right, right. Eli will be there. Eli will be there, Eli. but he has the two Super Bowl rings with yeah. the MVPs with that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Eli is the first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care what nobody Hands says. Down. Hands down. If <laughs> Tony down. get in, if Tony, and I know Tony got more rings, but if Tony get in, Eli get in off the strength of Tony, bro. Yes. I'm telling you. He gets, he gets right off. Eli gets in because the dust hasn't settled between, from Tony getting in. I mean, um, Tom Brady getting in. And Eli going to get in through that dust, bro. I'm telling you. Mm. You know I mean, one that thing, draft, too? That I was draft class can have three. Yeah, that okay, draft class Mel, has three. Mel, all, yeah, that draft class has three Hall of Famers in it with Big Ben, Eli, and Phillip Rivers. So that's a pretty good draft class if you can, if you can throw three Hall of Famers in that class. So. Mm -hmm. 
That is a good draft yeah. class. Yeah, Man, Pete, yeah. You was gonna say something? Yeah. Nah, we're good. Yeah, definitely. He said, he said, nah, we, we good. <laughs> we good. But yeah, Tony, I don't know if Tony's a, I mean, I'm a Giants fan and I, I used to call Tony names, but I got, I'm grown now. I got away from my name calling. I don't like calling people names no more. Everybody calling LeBron, LeBron, all of these other things. I don't do that no more. But Tony was, uh, he wasn't a good quarterback to me. So I would not put Tony in the Hall of Fame. You know, I think you Tony know, should you know something? that. Not third ballot, four, fifth, six, seven, eight ballot. <laughs> I was going to say, um, it's fun. we mentioned Joe Flacco over there, right? The thing that sucks for Joe Flacco is, obviously, he doesn't have Matt Stafford numbers. But the thing that sucks about him is, is like right after he won that Super Bowl, it seemed like it came up rather quick with Lamar Jackson replacing you the way Lamar Jackson replaced you. And now look where your career is going. You're bouncing around from team to team. You're barely getting wins. Now the Jets got you back after you had a quick stint with them a couple seasons ago. It's like... Yeah, end of your career can't go the way it's going. And, you know, like, in other words, like, for Eli, I feel like Eli retired at a really good time, even though I thought Eli could have stayed, especially considering the way Daniel Jones has been playing over the last couple seasons. But I, I at least Eli didn't have, like, Super Bowl and then bad, 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 bad year of just, like, hanging on. You make Flacco a good point. Like, after his Super well, Bowl, he hasn't done anything positive since Joe, then. Joe Flacco, after that, I mean, we were questioning at one point whether if he was elite or not after that Super Bowl. That was a, well, that was a legit got him paid. conversation. That Super Bowl got, got him paid. paid. Hmm. And then after that. I ain't got to work no more. That's it. Well, the there's, one quarterback, there's one quarterback I wanted to add to that, and that's Matt Ryan. Uh, yo, I was going to wait till you guys finish, and I was going to say, yo, is Matt Ryan in there? I swear yeah. I had him on my name. One, MVP, one MVP, one Super Bowl, but that Super Bowl is the worst Super Bowl loss in NFL history. Elite or not, you should be able to hold a 28-3 lead. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way you should have lost that game. I don't care. You have Julio, you have a defense that's playing, that's balling out, and you lose? No. Yeah, was that, I, yeah. Matt Ryan is I, a great discussion, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one, man. He He – you know, the, he's got longevity going for him. He stayed he with the Atlanta Falcons his entire mm-hmm. career. He's got good numbers. Uh, I want to go been mostly up. healthy. Matt versus um, that's Matt. a good one. Yeah, the battle of the mats. Matt versus Matt. Let's just check it. I wonder how they compare. That's actually a good question. Because Matt, Matt Ryan's got numbers. Yeah. And the hell, he's played in but an indoor Matt, stadium his Stafford's entire career. Stafford's more of a gunslinger than, than yes. Matt. Yes. Matt Stafford's known for that cannon of an arm. Right, Ever since James. Georgia. Games, Matt takes, starter games, Matt takes, wins as a starter, Matt Ryan won. Matt, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 118 to 81. Whew. Losses as a starter is around the same, 84, 80, 88 for Matt, and 98 for Matt, 94 for uh, Stafford. Uh, ties as a starter, nobody but Matt Stafford has won. Matt has a better win percentage. He has a better completed completion percentage. He's, he's through more th- throws than Matt Stafford. Has a higher overall completion percentage. Has more passing yards. Has more passing touchdowns by fifty something. So I would say Matt. Gets yeah, I mean Stafford. Stat. Stafford's always going to be hurt by the team stats, by win percentages and wins yeah. and losses and everything like that. But if you look at his individual stats, he's on par with the top guys in league mm-hmm. history. Yeah. Now, the only thing that's going to hurt him is that is those team stats. You know, the winning percentage, the losing, the playoff wins. And I mean, the playoff appearances, stuff like that. But when Matt he had Ryan Jim Caldwell, never had a season like Matt Stafford though. So that, that's the only thing. That so, I so are we putting are we putting Matt Stafford at the top of the list as far as like 
best stats with worst record no, ever. I would. I mean, you. I he would argue. I would. So I think some people could argue Matt Ryan over Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I best way that. to put it is Matt Stafford is going to be hurt when it comes to this Hall of Fame stuff based on that Detroit Lions teams that he played for. Just like That's Matt true. Ryan is going to be hurt by the fact that he blew a 28-point lead in the Super Bowl. But do you think Matt simple. Ryan and Matt Stafford is more comparable because both of them had like a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Julio Jones and Megatron? I think they're more comparable, but just two different styles of play. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think the wide receiver matters as much. Just, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't be a great quarterback without a wide receiver to throw it to. Right. I mean, you can but say what I'm saying is about- I don't think it matters of the name of the wide receiver they had. Just they had a good wide receiver and that was it. You know, I don't I don't think those who's two better, guys. Who's better for New no, no England, Terrell Ter- Owens or uh, Randy Moss? I'm a Randy Moss guy all day. That, the name, the name matters. The, the name Randy matters. Moss all day. Randy. To well, me, in my error, Randy Moss is the greatest wide receiver ever. In my error. Well, well, well Justin, just, right a ba- just off your, uh, off your logic, I know you're a Giants fan. Eli's stats are okay. They're not yeah, great. His team, his team stats are I, not, not good, but great. I'm not his two playoff he's appearances, a, he's a yeah, I know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his two playoff appearances were wild cards, and granted, he won the Super Bowl in those wild in those that playoff makes appearances. It better. He went from the bottom to the top. Yeah, so it's like, you know what I mean? But, like, his team stats are not great. No, yeah, just, but the two Super Bowls alone, the two Super Bowls it's alone. It's not even, for me, though, it's not even the Super Bowls. It's who he beat in the Super Bowl. Great, the I was greatest get that. quarterback to yeah. ever play the game. He beat in two similar scenarios. Have yes. the lead, put the ball in his hand at the end of the game, and see if he can get it done against my good defense. And Tom Brady couldn't. That's and why I say Eli's a first ballot Hall of Fame, because if Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever, and I know now the Eagles beat him and blah, 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 But before the Eagles win, Eli was the only one to, to muster that feat. He's the only one to do it, to beat the greatest quarterback ever. And now that Tom Brady solidified himself at the top in most people's eyes, you're going to look at his resume like, damn, two losses to this average quarterback that actually was the one putting the points up. It wasn't like the defense scored the points. It was Eli mm-hmm. throwing the ball and his wide receivers doing what they needed to do. The, yeah. the Super Bowl was the icing on the cake. As far as I'm concerned, the hardest part were the playoff runs. The fact that you yeah, were a wild card exactly. team and had to so win some people all say, three games on some the people road. Some say it was easy for us. I have, I've heard people say it was easy for the Giants Listen, both times. To and win I don't all agree three of those games on the road, hostile environments. I remember the first Super Bowl, you beat Dallas in Dallas. The first one, you beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay with Jeff Garcia as quarterback. All right, get it, no big deal. They were actually favored in that game. But then you go on the road and you beat Dallas. Then you go on the road and go into overtime against Green Bay and Brett Favre. Like, I mean, come on. And then the icing on the cake is you beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, the playoff runs, and then the icing on the cake with the Super Bowl, at the end of it was all said and done. That right there bumps him to first ballot Hall of Famer when it comes to Eli Manning as far as I'm concerned. Just like Matt Stafford. Get your Super Bowl. We won't even question nothing because your numbers are there. Some guys, it takes the Super Bowls to help them out. Some guys need the numbers to help them out. Everybody's in a different scenario based on what team they play for and who their supporting cast was. Yeah, I mean, I think Matt Stafford can still get in with no rings, though. I mean, there there are people in with no rings, and I think Matt Stafford... But not first ballot. No, I don't think He's not first ballot, no. Not first ballot. Not with all them losses, man. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's first ballot with a ring, to be honest. I think he might be second or third with a ring. I think second. If he gets a ring, he's second, because his numbers is there. His numbers mm-hmm. are definitely there, and it's, it, you can't look at other quarterbacks that have 
have much better numbers than Matt Stafford unless they play longer like a Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan played. So if we're saying if we're saying that he's second ballot right now without the Super Bowl, nobody thinks the Super Bowl would bump him to first ballot? I th- I think he's a fringe. I think he's a fringe uh, second. Well, put ballot. it like this. The Super Bowl doesn't hurt his resume. It only helps. No, it doesn't oh, hurt it. But agreed. what ballot was Terrell Owens? He was second. Do you think second. if he had a Super Bowl ring, he would have been the first ballot? No. He would have been first. It was just the media. That, the media. The media. But that's that's. Second. I see the great point. It, he would have still been second because of his narrative. Is Matt Ryan's narrative going to fit with him being the first ballot Hall of Famer within or without the ring? And I don't twenty-eight to three. Twenty-eight to three. That's all the people are going to look at when they see Matt Ryan. They're going to see twenty-eight to three. That's it. That's his um, legacy. Yeah. You know one thing that doesn't. These guys don't want us to talk about this or mention it, and I. Still think all three are great quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, and I'm giving you another name, Drew Brees. But one thing that helped these guys' careers at was playing in an indoor stadium for most of their careers. If you think that is not a plus or a benefit, you are crazy, okay? Go play in Lambeau Field. Shoot, go play at Giant Stadium. Go play at uh, uh, where the Patriots play in Foxborough, okay? Compared to that, to the Drew Brees stats and numbers that he was putting up on a consistent basis, yes, had a large part to do with his team, his coaching, and how good of a player he was, but not being rained and snowed on helped too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody should have a dome. But let's kick it forward, man. We're going to move over to some basketball. Everybody should have a dome, right? Nobody in the Football cold, is meant right? to be outdoors. It is. I would I love mean, to see a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I would love to see that. I think that would be awesome. That, that probably would be awesome. Especially if Green Bay makes it. I, I want. Well, they said they were supposed to be doing that every few years was bring it to a cold weather stadium. They bought it to Giant Stadium, Denver Broncos versus Seattle Seahawks, and I ain't seen a cold weather place since then. Because I thought that was supposed game. to be like a new habit happening. Look at the game. It was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah, that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you know, uh, funny fact before we kick it to basketball. You know, one time I looked up the the um, uh, Super Bowls like for years to see who won it, and you know when Carolina won. It wasn't there. It wasn't amongst the list. So, really? Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> like they don't count Cam Newton. So, <laughs> they never win. Like, but no, nah, it was well, just he's, interesting. He's a good. That's a good question for him. If he's a first ballot, that is. That is, and I think I don't know if he has a longer a long enough resume, even with the ring. Wait, but what did you say about Cam Newton in the Super Bowl? It, well, he wasn't on the list of Super Bowls, like previous Super Bowls. Who won it? But he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Yeah. Didn't he? Cam Newton didn't win a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, he did. That that Super Bowl, he lost to Denver, wasn't there. That's what I meant. It wasn't up there. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that's right. Because Carolina been in the Super Bowl twice. They lost with Cam Newton. And they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, that's my B. I thought that's my B. Oh. my memory. I know. I know exactly what you. Yeah, because Cam Newton didn't go for the fumble. He didn't. Yeah, yeah I know he didn't die. I remember yeah. that was at Levi. That was at Levi. Yeah, Stadium. I remember yeah. what you're talking about. Now. That's my. That's my fault. It's inaccurate by me. That's my. Fault. I got your back, brother. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's why you my trusted co-host, bro. I was agreeing with you too, man. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm looking at him. Three of you guys had me thinking I was wrong. See, I'm saying myself. Do they know something that I don't know? I thought that's why Cam kept getting all these chances because he had a ring. I'm like, nah, they yeah. got him. They got him. Right. Listen, <laughs> then he won that a fumble national ran championship back. with right. Auburn. He won right. a national championship with Auburn. I must be thinking about that. <laughs> 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 but let's kick it. We go. We gonna stay in LA, man, because we got an LA. We got an LA guy here. So this this show was was predicated to him because I want to hear those LA takes, man. So we gonna switch to basketball. And we got to we got to start with you again, Mel, man. State of the Lakers. What's the state of the Lakers right now? I know they're getting Braun back. 
Uh, he, he got past the COVID code protocol in two days, which I don't even think he had COVID. I just think his uh, his abdominal stretches started bothering him again. If you watch the game closely, he was holding it. But, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts, man? I mean, I kind of knew it was going to be a struggle this year just because all the injuries they had at the beginning. Obviously, you know, they were out Trevor Rees and Kendrick Nunn for the whole year. Taylor Horn Tucker was out for most of the year until he just recently came back. And, you know, they got they got a lot of new pieces. They brought Dwight Howard back. They brought DeAndre Jordan. They brought, you know, Kim, uh, Kim Basemore. Obviously, they traded for Russell Westbrook. So, they needed time to get acclimated. And now that they're finally somewhat healthy with Ron coming back, you know, I think you know they're they're right where they need to be. Obviously, the record's not great, but you know they're trying to they're trying to make sure that they have a good team chemistry in order to move forward. Because obviously, you look at teams like Phoenix and Golden State; those teams are just they're just off the ground running. You know, both have the best records in the league. You know, Phoenix is on an 18 game winning streak when they play tonight against Golden State, and Steph Curry's playing at an MVP level right now. But I just think the Lakers need to worry about folks on getting healthy, getting that team chemistry together, and I think they'll be all right. I mean, I think they're they are going to be a playoff team for sure. As far as seeding wise, I don't know what they're going to be right now. Right now, I mean, they're probably the third or fourth best team in the Pacific Division behind the Clippers, the the Suns, and the Warriors. So I just need to, they, you know, let's wait till Christmas. I mean, I, we're still we're still in early December. Let's wait till Christmas, see where they're at, and then and then I can definitely have a better answer for that right now. But you know, obviously they've had some struggles. They've blown ten point, like seven ten point quarter leagues in the in the league, which is most in the league right now. But I think let me get those chemistry. chemistry. Let Frank Vogel find his rotation. Let those things let those things kind of brew a little bit, and let, we'll see how it goes. So as long as this team stay healthy, I think they definitely have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I I would never uh, count them out. I just want Roy, go ahead. I just want to say one thing real quick. It's like. You made me think of something. I meant to say this the other week, right? Why do we keep talking about Trevor Ariza? Like, he is such a huge part of this Lakers team, okay? Defense. The man won one championship with Defense. Kobe Bryant back Defense. in the day. What's that, Jose? Defense. And I'm about and, to get and that's what the Lakers need right now, defense. That's why everybody's making a big deal. But guess what, though? He hasn't been healthy in I don't know how many seasons. I haven't seen no defense in three, four seasons out of the man. And we keep talking about Trevor Ariza like he's that extra piece to help put the Lakers over the hump. I'm just tired of hearing this guy's name mentioned. You've been known for defense. You won a championship with Kobe Bryant in the past. You bounce around from team to team to team to team, and you never stay healthy. I mean, come on, man. Trevor Ariza? Trevor Ariza? Come on. Look, I'm glad you brought up the Lakers' defense because it's that's where they are struggling, man. Oh, my goodness. They allow the fourth most points in the league at 113 points per game. I mean... Yes, they lead the league in blocks, okay, but their point differential is, is negative. I mean, rebound differential is negative. Assistance differential is negative. I mean, this team, I think they messed up getting rid of Kuz, I mean, uh, KCP and Caruso. They did mess up with Kuzma, but that's for offensive reasons. But defensively, KCP, as much as people like to give him crap, I think he's a great defensive player. He was player. big in a bubble. Exactly. Alex Caruso as well. I mean, those guys played hard defense. This the team, I mean, a lot on Caruso though. I don't think he got a long enough resume. Unless he's <laughs> consistency. I mean, I just I look at this. I look at this team, and I just say they're they just kind of look. You watch them play, and it's like offensively, uh, okay. Defensively, you're like they just look old and don't stay in front of anyone. I don't know. That's just what it, it just looks like, and it's I don't know. It just their defense is a struggle, and yeah. It's, it's we saw that them. first year. With, we saw that first year with Frank Vogel how their defense was elite. I mean, I think they were top five in defense on the league. But then obviously, then they had the bubble, and then when there, their defense wasn't as great as it used to be. But it was enough for them to win a championship. And last year, you know, 
just Braun being out of the lineup and Anthony Davis being out of the lineup a lot. They didn't really have that consistency in order to – and then they had the depth in order to as well to, to ensure their defense stays straight. But they've had some good stretches this year. Overall, it hasn't been great. But I think Frank Vogel has a – he has a good game plan and, and, and plan to, to make sure their defense gets lined up. I think the, they, they announced Dwight Howard's going to be in the starting lineup now. So I definitely think, you know, they believe blocks, like you said, Nico. So I definitely think that will be a help for them too as well. But – you know, they just have to find consistency and get that chemistry together, and I think they'll be all right. So, Look, we you mentioned LeBron, you mentioned Anthony Davis, but you did not mention the elephant in the room, and that is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Do you, I don't know. Is Russell a problem? I just think if you look at last year when Russell went to the Wizards, he took the same thing happened. He took a while to get adjusted. He took a while to, to find his groove and find his role. And I think we're playing with a star like LeBron. That's going to – he needs, like Mel said, he needs time to get – they need time to, to work it out. You, I agree. Like the Bulls, I, I get people it. think people think the Bulls the Bulls are a very good team, but no, I don't think nobody has the Bulls going to the finals this year because they don't have camaraderie. They don't have the 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 they haven't played together for a long time. The teams that play together for a long time is the teams that's going to be there at the end. But but LeBron is going to be there because LeBron is LeBron, so you know he's in that mix because he just has that will to to get there. I will get us there. And when we get there, then it's on all of us to, to do what we have to do. But LeBron will get you there. That's why I agree with Mel. They make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get bounced in the first round again. Maybe the second if they don't do what they need to do. But I don't, I'm not worried about the Lakers. Just like I'm not worried about the Bucks. I'm not worried about Atlanta. I'm not worried about Boston. You know, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. For, for them, you know, Brooklyn's on top already. For them to not get bounced in the first round means they better play well enough where they get a high enough seed. Because if they're, in a, if they're in a six, seven, or eight spot, they're getting bounced in the first if round. If they come up against the Jazz, I think they had a good chance to beat the Jazz. I think if that they come play- up against a, a healthy, if they're healthy and go up against the Suns, I think LeBron orchestrates a way that they beat the Suns this year. Healthy. That, they need, a, they need a top, they need a top five yeah. spot in the playoffs. That play-in game killed them last year. They took The Warriors took them all the way down. They I don't like the play-in I don't like it either. But that play-in game, they went, they were down to the Warriors throughout that whole game. They made a late game comeback. And then they play Phoenix, and, well, you know, game two, Anthony Davis gets hurt, tries to come back in game five, doesn't work, and their team was just, like, just in scramble mode, and Phoenix was a healthy team. They played better. got to give them props. They're a good team. They you got to give them props for being a good you know, team, too. They're showing that this year. Even though uh, regular season, it doesn't matter as much. We want to see what you do in the playoffs. Playoffs is what, what counts the most. But you got to see the way they're playing. Phoenix is playing. They are a top team in the, NFL, I mean, in the NBA right now. I, I feel bad that Russell Westbrook seems to be the one that we all come after. Now, I get it. And I, when I say we, I don't mean like you guys in general. I'm just saying on television and things the like media, that. The media, yeah. I, uh, the media is all after Russell Westbrook. Now, I get it. He has had a couple games with some high turnover games. But I mean, like, what is it? Easy to point our fingers at him? Because what? Out of the major superstar new pieces that we added, such as himself and Carmelo Anthony, well, Carmelo Anthony's making his three-point shot. He comes off the bench. He's not involved as much. Where Russell Westbrook is a starter on the team. You're not going to blame Anthony Davis. You're not going to blame LeBron James because they're proven and they've been there already. And it's, they've already been on his team already. So it's just like, all right, we're going to point fingers at Russell Westbrook just because he only lasted with the Wizards one season and he never won with this team or whatever. Please. A lot of teams would love to have Russell Westbrook on their roster right now. He brings his hard hat every single game, and the man has a battery that never stops running. His He's never fatigued. His energy level on that court, he could play all minutes of the game and be perfectly fine if he really needed to. The man never needs to come out. He's in great shape. He plays hard. And, I mean, yeah, 
he, he's used to getting off to like slow starts and things like that. But I really don't even call this a slow start. I think the guy's still putting up great numbers, in my opinion. And he had like what five triple doubles so far. Yeah, yeah I'll take that like, on yeah. yeah, it's like Justin said though. Like you know, he's he's known to get off a slow start, especially he's never played with two superstars like this. I mean, you can say that James Harden and Kevin Grant were superstars, but they weren't on the elite level as Anthony Davis and LeBron James are, even late stage in their careers. But you know, he's coming in a new system. He's coming back home. So I think definitely that that's a factor, him playing in front of his home fam, his family and his friends and everything. Like that. I think that's definitely a factor for him when he came back to L.A. But, you know, recently he's been playing really well. I've been very impressed by how he's played so far. Him and Anthony Davis are playing well together now when they just get LeBron back. Let them get a couple games under their belt and see how they – see how Frank Vogel utilize the rotation. Because when, when Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are on the court together, they play phenomenal. Like, their pick-and-roll game is, like – is off the chain. I think Anthony Davis leads the league in points in the paint. So they're, he's fighting the right spots in order to give him the ball. It's just, again, that rotation under together to see how they fit well. I don't like playing Anthony Davis at the five because as a Laker fan, every time he falls out, I hold my breath because I'm mm-hmm. like, what did he do now? Did he tweak something? Did he did he bang his knee? Did he, did he hurt his hand or something like that? So every time he hits the ground, my heart stops. So as long as, as he's not playing the five as much as they wanted him to do, I think they'll be all right. See, look, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. But, I mean, it's still early in the season, right? So, I mean, this doesn't mean but so much. Because, I mean, everyone knows the Lakers. They're, they're a playoff team. They're a playoff team, not a regular right. season team, which I, I agree wholeheartedly. But, look, I'm going to be honest with you. My opinions on Westbrook and Davis just a little different. And I, I tell you what, everyone thinks that Davis is safe. I don't think so. But I'm, I'm going to start with Westbrook first. But I just don't think he's – he's just not a good shooter. He's shooting, shooting 30% from three-point range. And oh, well, he's never been a good shooter. Shoot, never yeah. has been. But he's he, but he's attempting a lot of threes is the problem. And a That's turnover machine, 4.7 turnovers per game. That's second worst in the league. But when LeBron was out, this was that was supposed to be Russell Westbrook's time to shine. That was supposed to be his time to lead the team. And, I mean, he just didn't do that. I mean, but, like you said, as of recently, he has looked better. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think they – it just it just looks awkward. It just looks kind of forced. But, like you said, it is early. So, I think I think they will gel together eventually. But, yeah, you got to yeah. give him some time. You definitely yeah. got to give Westbrook some time, especially playing LeBron. He has to adapt to him. He's so used to Correct. playing against him. He doesn't know what it's like to play with him. So, but your three, the three-point attempts thing, that's just going to affect the LeBron team. And with Davis, I think Davis is kind of getting affected by that as well. I mean, obviously, he leads in scoring. Yes, he. I mean, he leads in scoring, uh, rebounds, and everything on the team. Almost every category on the team besides assists. But I mean, he he's shooting nineteen point six percent from three. Yeah, that's crazy stat. That's in that's the worst in NBA history by any player with two or more attempts per game with at least twenty games played. That's in history. I mean, and yeah. his mid his mid range game is also really not that good this year. I mean, granted, people come people are in slumps. People go in slumps. We know this. That just because oh he didn't have a good twenty three games or how many they played. I'm not saying he's a bad player. You know, people have bad spells. It happens. Slow starts. I mean, but thirty eight percent for mid range. I mean, that's the worst in the NBA by any player with at least a hundred attempts. Thirty three percent on jump shots. Worst in the NBA by by any player with one hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. And and I, I would I just want to counter. Because you you mentioned him not wanting to play at the five, and he's verbally said this. He's come out and said this. I think that kind of hurts the Lakers a little bit more, 
I mean, because I think it draws him out from being in the paint a little bit more, but I think it kind of, it makes him lean towards that three point shot. But I think the other caveat to that is it's a little bit deeper is that you're giving more minutes to Deandre Jordan and Dwight Howard who are just aged and just don't, they, mm-hmm. they aged like yogurt. <laughs> it, it's just yeah. not really looking too good. And but we play small it's ball. It's a small ball league now anyway. So mm-hmm. if you line Anthony Davis up at the five, most likely nine times out of 10, he's going to be more athletic at that position than the guy he's playing defense on. See, I think the problem That's is, always a plus. I think the problem is AD don't want to have to guard an Embiid or, or Joe right. for 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, lot of wear and tear. That's a lot of wear and tear. You go down there and guard them guys for 48 minutes, you go, you, your body ain't going to like you after the game, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but I, I wanted to touch on one more thing before we mm-hmm. switched over to basketball. Um, it came out yesterday that Antonio Brown and I think two other players got suspended for three games for misrepresenting their vaccination status. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, I mean, when you're buying vaccination cards off the bootleg market. Because <laughs> we talked about this on, on the podcast before. It's why I'm what do you expect? <laughs> I mean, it, it, same thing as that counterfeit $20 bill that somebody's trying to spend somewhere. I mean, come on, bro. Hey, I mean, he, he black, bro. They, they, they find ways what? to try to... Especially in a league where it wasn't even made mandatory that you had to get the vaccination. Exactly. Yeah. So why you go through that? Exactly. Go ahead, Mel. My thing is they were comparing him to what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers never said that he wasn't vaccinated. He just said that he found alternatives to get in the vaccine and never provided fake documentation that he he had the Yeah, Yeah, he said he never said. Yeah, but he never provided any documentation that said that he was vaccinated and tried to play it off like he was. Yeah, I'm just wondering who Antonio Brown talked to to get that done. I mean, I know you guys don't know this, but I'm a cardiovascular surgery nurse. So, I mean, I, I deal with a lot of the whole vaccines. Like, I do, I give those to people after their surgeries and everything. And it's hard to get a hold of those little cards, man. So, I just want to know who he got that from. I heard, That's all I'm I heard when it was time to show the card, he pulled it out and three of them fell out of his pocket. Oh my god. Yeah, I got one for here, one for the state over there. Got one for I was like, which one is it? Uh uh, uh, I think it's this one. Yeah, yeah, that's the right one. (laughs) Offense, defense, and special teams. All three. Right. Yeah, come on. Come on, bro. You gotta do better than that. We gotta chill out, bro. But I mean the report did come out, so I mean we didn't know if he if his chef was telling the truth because this came from his chef. His chef oh, yeah, that's snitched on him. Yeah, his, his chef snitched on him because he owed him some money. Uh, AB is also known for owing his chef some money. Don't go oh, complain. Don't complain. He couldn't pay for his breakfast. And like, don't don't go complain, do AB. Like, this is second the second guy who said he ain't paying. Don't go. Don't be a chef for AB. You know, AB yeah. my boy, but don't be a chef. Don't be a trainer. Nothing. Don't do anything affiliated with Don't associate. Girlfriend. Nothing at all. Just stay, just stay away from that man. Because AB, Tom Brady, lock really him up in your house and don't let him out for pra- until practice and game time. That's it. I don't even know if AB he can be said, your boy, man. You can't be boys with him. You saw how we treated Juju, man. I don't even know. See how but Tom Brady kept him in line, though. Tom Brady yeah. kept him in line. I was gonna say that Tom Brady saved his career. Agreed. Listen, they something wasn't right anyway because when you got Le'Veon Bell, you got a possibly aging Ben Roethlisberger. And you got Antonio Brown on the team. Like, those few years where, like, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell were almost, like, the best at their positions, mm-hmm. I was picking the Steelers to even, like, compete for a Super Bowl those seasons won, yeah, because of how explosive Le'Veon Bell and, and Antonio Brown were together. Like, both. a lot of teams don't have an amazing running back and an amazing wide receiver, and they had both of them. 
Killer bees. Yeah, they lost the they they lost the Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers first Super Bowl when they all yeah, there, and they had Heinz Ward in that game too. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers only Super Bowl. Yeah, should have more, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Where does he rank? Where does he rank amongst Hall of Famers? We're gonna have to talk about that on another episode, Pete. But uh, before we get into our last topic, I got two other topics I want to touch on. Two subtopics. We're gonna touch on the most. The most recent one, which is the Grizzlies blowing out OKC by 73 points, man. Ooh. What happened? What happened? I watched the highlights, and I, I, I just know the game was close in the first quarter. <laughs> Grizzlies started to pull away at, the, at like six minutes in the second. The it third game was, right. was like a third. The game was close to 0-0. Yeah, it was close, it was close when they were doing warm-up lines. No, it was yeah, like it was like seven, eight point, like an eight-point game, ten-point game, and then – by second, by the end of the second quarter, it was like thirty points. <laughs> it was just like thirty points. The end of the third I quarter, mean, it was like forty-five. If this was like a high school or college game, they would be like, "Oh, where's the mercy rule at?" Blah blah blah. But now, since it's professionals, we can have them lose by how many points? It doesn't even matter. Hey, so they played the game. I'm not mad at. They played the game. What are we supposed exactly. to do? stop the game? Are we supposed exactly. to stop it at a hundred? Like, nah, y'all niggas about to hit hundred. You can't allow this. Yeah. The Thunder clones are off. The clones ain't playing right. What's got- the, uh, what they say when you play Madden online? What's the Madden rule? You got 21? 21 skunk. 21 skunk. Yeah. 21, 21, yeah. 21. They got 21 last night, man. Yeah. Yeah. 21. They got beat down. Yeah, you got to pass the sticks. You got to pass the sticks. That was a that boxing point. match. And that was pass the sticks. Quick. That was a boxing pass the match. Sticks. And um, the, the guy who was fighting for the Grizzlies landed 150 something punches while uh, OKC only landed 20. Yeah. With no John Moran. No, right. John that Moran. was a shocker, bro. Like, John Moran wasn't even there dunking on people, doing his little thing. But you know, going to be talented, bro. When it gets a little bit more experience, bro, if they can keep that core together, they're going to be talented. The craziest stat to me in that game was OKC only put up five points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look at the box score. I wasn't going to do it. So to Mel's five point, they should have put the to Mel's point, they should have put the mercy rule on if he was only going to score five in the fourth. You can't. We could have ended this after the third quarter. You can't. Can, can we talk about that though? I mean, five points? Are you kidding me? When I talked to Troy last night, Troy, when we talked last night, what I say to you? I said, I don't know what's worse. The fact that they only scored 79 points, the fact that they gave up 159, or the fact that they lost by 73. Where do you want to point? Where, mm. what, what part is worse? I don't even know what's worse. That's the that's the three holes to the bowling ball and not the Manel down. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right? So, like, they knocked them, rolled them right over. They didn't have a chance in hell. They, they woke Jeez. up this morning like, yeah, bro, we're going to get this win. They went to sleep like, damn, coach going to fire me. Like, I don't have yeah. a job tomorrow. You're the hey, coach. What do you say? You're the Coach, what do you say to the team next day? Uh, I know what I say to them. Uh, as soon as we go to the locker room, I'm like, all of you get sent to the D League tonight. Bring no, the D League up and you get sent there. He should have been saying his goodbyes because he probably going to lose his job. <laughs> now, now, I'm not losing my job before I send everybody on this team down to the G League and bring the G League team up. I'm not. The G League is going to win this game. They should have ran suicides for every point they lost by. Maybe that would have gotten ahead too. You want to teach a lesson? Nah, you bench. Fine. You want to teach fine. them a lesson? The very next game, let the bench players start the game. They don't, the starters do nah, not get to start the next do game. It worse than that. That's what I'm saying. You gotta how G-League. they embarrass the name. Okay, swap the G them. You gotta swap the G League for them. Yep. Set them down. Make them play the G League game and make the G League come up play the game. Beyond you know, how, how worse than seventy points. Even if you get blown up by seventy points, it's the G League team. Exactly. Listen, do you know how much it costs? 
and, and it's pennies, obviously, compared to the fact that these are billion-dollar organizations and teams. But do you know how much it costs to last second before a game, send a guy to the G League, throw no, him on a plane league. to go there, you, you the, hit that got guy, bring him up, and make it here in time? Nah, I would have did it at I would have did it at eleven fifty nine last night. I would have had the G League on the plane to the next game. Catch a red eye flight. <laughs> like Oklahoma City blew you up. Yep, let's go. Y'all Oklahoma City tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't doing that. But before we get to the last basketball topic, I want to touch on this Heat and Bulls losing the second round draft pick for Lonzo and Lowry and. They also lost $10 million. Never fun to lose draft picks, huh? The second rounders. I mean, hey, there's sometimes there's diamonds in the rough. You know that. Yeah, I mean, Draymond Green was a second rounder. Yeah. But Isaiah what, Thomas was a second rounder. What happens so, you know to the I mean? draft pick, though? Mm. What happens know. to the draft pick? You just take it away from them? You give it to somebody yeah. else? What happens I don't know how pick? that works, to be honest with you. Yeah, does it go 24, 25, 28, 29, 30? Yeah. Do you just skip Troy, it? <laughs> can you re- refresh my memory a little bit on this situation? Because I didn't hear a whole lot so, about this. So there was some tampering going on by the Heat and the Bulls to sign Lonzo and Lowry. And an investigation mm. started. And now the league finished their investigation and found that um, that the Heat contacted Lowry uh, early, it was like a week early uh, before they could start talking to players. Kyle Lowry, dumbass, recorded it and posted it on the internet. It's probably how they got him. And I don't really know what happened with the Lonzo Ball to the Bulls one, but it's probably the same thing that they was talking in talks with them uh, before before they should have been in talks with them to sign it. Yeah, this is this is just a situation that you got caught. If you yeah. think this stuff doesn't go on behind the scenes, it goes on all the time. See, that's Especially why you do it the LeBron way, though, and you have players do it and not the which is what I was going to say, which is how these guys are so tight these days where it's like, come on, man. Half the time when you see a player on the court and he's going like this, as he's talking to the player next to him, they already talking about how they're going to hook up next season to be on the same team. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Did, you, did you guys know, uh, then you kick it right to me, Roy. Did you guys know Kyle Lai was Jimmy Butler's god, um, uh, kid's godparent? I did I not know that. that. Wait, wait, oh. I didn't even hear you. Say it again. Kyle Lowry is Jimmy's butler daughter, I think. God's uh, father. Not surprising. I know how tight they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, but you're, in Miami. you're not playing, man. When they when they put their shirts up, man, they're hiding that thing for a reason. He's like, like yo, come, that's come, come join. Uh, yeah, come be Curry. Meet me in Indiana. Indiana. You know how you Curry. 2K, you get that random text from one of the NBA players. Yeah. Yo, what's up, bro? What you what's doing up? in the offseason? Nigga, I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> When, to get when, my Golden State, when Golden State came back from being down 3-1 in that series and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook lost, he walked right over to Curry, did his little... <laughs> I'm coming this season, next season, I'll be next here. season was on there. I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll be there in two days, bro. I'm flying out. Listen, man. if y'all lose to the Cavs in this championship coming up, I'm telling you right now, pick up the phone, holler at your boy. I'll be there, all right? <laughs> yeah, I heard that Draymond and Kevin Durant man the parking lot after the game, too, as well, and they talked about it, too. That's what I heard. I heard Draymond was home. I heard it was Steph Curry yeah. before TV. Hmm. Draymond talked about happen. it on this podcast. And well, Draymond got... Four. Yeah. Well, Draymond's known for opening his mouth because just last season in the playoffs when he was on TNT as a guest host, he leaked out some stuff he wasn't supposed to say and got fined by the NBA for it. So Draymond is always, you know. I just think he made a comment on a player. He made a comment on a player possibly joining a team or something like yeah, that. And they can't yeah. do that. It's against the rules. So. Can't do that. Can't do it. You can't do that shit. So, but yeah. yeah the, they had the Hampton Four come go meet. Um, it was um, uh, Steph, Dre, Clay, and, and Andre go to Hampton to try to lure Kevin Durant. And they got him. So. 
Or you can do what Mark Cuban did and just hold DeAndre DeAndre Jordan hostage in his house and not let him come out. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah, that's that. what he did. <laughs> yeah. DeAndre bad. And then, Listen, I was just gonna wait, say. Wait, I mean, so what happened? I remember what you're talking about, but now I gotta refresh. Free agency. DeAndre. They were camped outside of DeAndre's house. Wait, they blocked he was off the street. With somebody else too, wasn't he? It was the Clippers. Yeah. The Clippers. Yeah. And, was, in Dallas. Dallas. In Dallas. They literally blocked he, off his street so he couldn't leave. Sign a contract and then void it. Yes. Oh, okay. I had to remember. I'm like, what are y'all talking about, DeAndre Jordan? Because when you yeah, say DeAndre Jordan, I just I just think Brandon Jennings is what I think. Brandon. <laughs> That's what I think when you say DeAndre Jordan. Brandon Jennings. And Brandon Knight. You mean Brandon Knight? Brandon, yeah, Brandon Knight. Knight. There you go. Knight. I got yeah, the, the last name mixed up. Knight. Um, they both short. Yeah, but, he went. Uh, he went night night after that. Yeah, one, he definitely sure. went. He definitely got the corner. They put him in a black bag. They, they outlined <laughs> him in white tape. Body bag. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, the guy was five eleven, getting dunked on by a seven footer. I mean, hey, why jump? Don't jump. Get out the don't, way. Don't yeah, jump, dude. Get out the way. Actually, no. Hold on a minute. Respect him more for jumping. No. 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 <laughs> As a teammate, I'm respecting so. him more for trying. Let me tell you something. When I when when Hurricane Sandy hit, I was in the basketball park, and we heard a crackle. As we turned around, the tree was falling towards us. Did you want me to just step to the side and see it fall? Or did you want me to get the fuck up out of there? <laughs> like, bring it on, bring it on, like, bring it on, tree. I'll fuck it up. Like, look, look. All I'm saying, if I'm on the court and he's my teammate, man, I look down at him and said, "Don't do that shit ever again." Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to hold the tree up. Like, come on, baby, I got you. I'm gonna push it back. Would you up. reach a? Hey Roy, would you reach your hand out and try to help him up, or are you just like pull a little fake away out? No, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even acknowledge him. I'm <laughs> I a would, bad teammate. Like, like this. I'm like, yeah, who's just going to look like this? He said I'm going to look like this, nigga. I'm out of here. I'm coming to your team next year, DeAndre. Yeah, like, pick me up, sign me next year. Tamper, tamper. I'm going to play with you. Like, check off that jersey, bro. You just made us look bad. Hey, the swap jersey for real. Yeah. The swap jersey for real. But nah, wow. teams gotta stop doing that. They gotta get smarter, man. They gotta start letting their players do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, look at Rich Paul. He's doing it perfectly. Like I said, LeBron, LeBron figured it out yeah, like, in high school. He was like, "Look, if I do this, this, and this, I will set these guys up to help me build the teams I need." Because I know I'm gonna get drafted number one, and it's probably gonna be the suck ass team that draft me. I ain't gonna be able to do nothing there, so I'm gonna have to figure it out. He tried. For what, seven, eight years in Cleveland? Seven tried, years, yeah. And then years. he was like, look, this shit ain't working. I got to go. He, he went to the Heat, learned how to be a winner, learned how to win a champion championship. Become a, and then from there, he was like, all right, I did it here. Let me go back to Cleveland. He almost didn't accomplish it. So I don't know. I got to pose that question. I got a good question now. If LeBron did not win the, the championship in Cleveland, I don't want you guys to answer that. I'm going to say this for another show. If LeBron didn't win the championship in Cleveland, would he still be in Cleveland? That's a good fucking question. Because I think he'd be still trying. In save Cleveland? that question. That's a good one. That's a long discussion. Save that one. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm definitely going to save that one. That's a good one. one. I'm definitely going to look at that. That's definitely a good one for sure. No chip. Uh, stays in Cleveland. And then I'll write it down after you guys, uh, when I go to my notes. Uh, All right, so let's get to the to the last topic which is Dwight Howard. I've been hearing talks all over the internet that Dwight Howard is a top 10 
center of all time. So I went and I did some research and I was like, let me find a top 10 list. And I looked at a couple of places, ESPN, uh, Bleacher Report, and then another one, I forget the name of it. And two of them had the same list, so I, I went with that list. The list I went with is in order from 1 to 10, Kareem, Bill, Wilk, Shaq, Hakeem, jo- um, George, uh, Mike. George Mikan. Yeah, George Mikan, Moses Malone, uh, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, and Bill Walton. <laughs> I agree with that list wholeheartedly. So, I actually, you know, because I'm the I'm the research guy. Oh. I actually went and got all of these guys' stats. All right. So, if anybody says that the white should be against uh, above anybody, I'm pulling the stats out. We're gonna do it. All right. So my question to you guys is, and I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with you, Roy. Uh, what do you think about the top ten? And is is Dwight Howard a top ten center of all time? No, I I don't think so. I mean that list, every single name you named is on my top ten list. And like, if you want to make the argument and say George Mikan shouldn't be on there, that was that now was too- George Mikan was one of the first ones I printed out. It is yeah, he's the he's a pioneer, and that's what he is. I mean, if if you want to be you know tit for tat, you can take it off and put Robert Parrish there. I don't even think I don't think you even put Dwight there. I think Dwight is a top. I think he's right outside. He's like he's like twelve, thirteen, maybe. I just I don't I don't think so. I mean, you got to think his career has been just it's been a roller coaster to say the least. I mean, yes, I mean he was he's been dominant. I mean he had what that two thousand seven to two thousand fourteen that window there. I mean that was I mean three time Defensive Player of the Year, but. Oh man, that 2016 to present, that's rough. That's rough. I mean, off the court, on the court, it just, it just Joe hasn't Flacco. been pretty. It, yeah, it just hasn't been pretty for him. I mean, he led this team to the finals in 2009. I mean, he. I mean, I hate to keep using this this metaphor, but he aged like yogurt. I mean, he really yeah. did. I mean, his his five dominant years are enough to get him into the Hall of eight, Fame, eight, but they're not enough to – oh, eight. Okay. They're not enough to get him into the, the all-time top ten. You couldn't even make top 75 with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think he has the sexiest shoulders of all time, though, man. Oh, my God. Have you seen those things? <laughs> so, when you talk about George uh, Mikan, or however you pronounce the name, sorry, man, mm-hmm. uh, this guy is a center. He's won three scoring championships, uh, I don't think I don't think Dwight's done that, okay. and I know people I'll, like talking about the era because this guy played in the fifties. But come on, he's a center. He averaged over twenty five points three times, twenty points five times, and he's only played uh, six seasons, seven seasons. So I mean, I had to look the guy up, this George guy, because I didn't know who he was. But when I seen his short resume, I was like, all right, I can see why they why they put him there, but. Everybody else on the list, I think they deserve to be there. So go ahead, I'm gonna kick it over to uh to, to Mel. You think what you think about the top ten list and does uh Dwight Howard? I mean, I I I think he's top ten. I think he's nine or ten. I can I can see you swapping him out for Patrick Ewing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he has. I mean, what are their stats compared to Patrick Ewing's? I mean, he had those good years with the Knicks, but. He went. They went to the finals. They lost to Hakeem's. Uh, they lost to Hakeem's Rockets. So I mean, so, the, real quick, and Mel keep talking. I just have a question, Troy. When you say top ten, whose top ten list is this? 
This is Bleacher's Reports and ESPN. Okay. Go ahead, now, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think you can compare Dwight Howard's and Patrick Ewing's career. None of them both stand out, you know what I mean? So I definitely think that's why Patrick Ewing was probably what? He was like 9 or 10 on your list? He was 9 behind, uh, just in front of Bill Walton? Yeah, on this list, yeah, he's 9. I mean, and the only thing Bill Walton has over Dwight is championships. Bill Walton couldn't stay healthy after he left Portland. No, you know, he was on Bill the Walton's bench. He was on the college bench. career, not an NBA career. Yeah, Bill he was Warren riding is, the bench uh, on that Boston Celtics team. Bill Walton is a two-time All-Star, led the league in blocks one year, two-time champion, two-time NBA All-Star. Bill Walton is, is now. Bill Walton is known for UCLA. What he did in in the he NBA got an MVP. was. Was yeah, listen, he had one or two good seasons, then he was injured and bounced around. Bill Walton's legend career is all about UCLA, man, because he was nuts at UCLA. I mean, Bill never averaged 20 points. Yeah, you know? so I mean, you can make the argument for I can make the argument for those two players. Obviously, the top seven, I'm not gonna, there's no way he's better than those guys, but I mean, my you can put him Patrick in that nine is, or ten slot. My thing with Patrick is, and I know points ain't everything, but when we talk about the best players of all time, which is the best centers of all time. Patrick Ewing, in his season, carried a, a higher scoring role for a longer time than Dwight Howard. And he was the man on that team, man. And Dwight Howard was the man on, a, on, a, on Orlando. Yeah, yeah. But nobody ran up and down the court and sweat as much as Patrick Ewing did, so I'm sorry. That alone puts him over. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Patrick I can't Ewing I was a Dwight hustler, Patrick, man. But I can see your argument for Bill because Bill had four... Four seasons he sat out with injury, including his last season, and he's never really averaged over 20 points. Uh, rebounds, great rebounder, but towards the end of his career, he stopped averaging over 10 rebounds. So I, I can't argue. I mean, well, let me Bill. let me ask you guys this: if they if that if that 94, 95 Knicks team face off against that 09 Orlando Magic team, who do you think will win? Who had the better team around them, Patrick Ewing or or, or Dwight? That's kind of even. Yeah, I would uh. say. I don't know. Jameer Nelson was like that, though. He was like that, and that's the first name that came to mind. I was like, Nelson, mm-hmm. no, that's the... That, and Hito uh, Turgaloo? Hito. Turgaloo, too. Uh, Turgaloo. But you had, you had John Starks, Anthony Mason. Charles Oakley. Yeah, yeah. you had those guys, too. Like That's a good, know, that's a good series that's a good right question. there. That Knicks team was... The Knicks were... Listen, if it wasn't for the Bulls, the Knicks would have a couple championships, as far as I'm concerned. If it wasn't for were they the better Bulls, than Indiana or Miami? Were they, better than those Indiana, were they better than those Indiana and Miami teams? Listen, I'm not saying that every season they would have came out the East, and I'm right, not yeah. even saying really that they would have won a championship because you you still got to deal with, you know, your Hakeem Olajuwon and your teams out West. You know, you had a lot of powerhouses back then out there in the West with the Houston Rockets and other teams, but you I mean... They were good back then. Well, even, even Orlando, though. Orlando had Shaq and Penny and, and, uh, and, Derek, and Nick Anderson and all those guys, too. Well, when they lost to when they lost to Hakeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets, they were just too young to get over that. Yeah, home. they were too young. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when the Thunder played the Miami in that 2012 series. Perfect example. No experience. Perfect example. Guys. So can I, I'm gonna just say straight up, um, no, no, uh, Dwight Howard is not a top ten, and Dwight Howard, not taking anything away from him, but honestly, he's pretty fortunate that we're only giving a top list of centers. Because the way the game is played today, there is no such thing as a power forward or a center. You're just a big man. You're and stretched. if I wanted to, yeah. if we if we narrowed this forward. list down to top big men, 
oh my gosh, we'd have 30, 40, 50 people on this list in front of uh, uh, Dwight Howard. That's so honestly, he's lucky that we're just talking straight centers because I got a list of them. Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, Bill Russell, Shaq, Will Chamberlain, Kevin McHale, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Robert Parrish, Bill Walton, Wes Unsell, David Robinson, Alonzo Mourning, Moses Malone, George Mikan. Like, nowadays, guys play power forward and center. The Brooklyn Nets came into this season with Blake Griffin as our starting center. Blake Griffin's not a center, but the way the game is played nowadays, smaller guys can play the center position. So honestly, if we narrow this down to straight big men, Dwight Howard's name probably wouldn't even be mentioned in the top 50, and I don't think everybody should be making a big to-do out of Dwight Howard being left off the top 75. Okay, I don't think he belongs in the top 50, top 75, or top 10 centers ever played the game. He mentioned in the top 75. And I, no, I totally agree. I don't think Dwight Howard, I mean, I get it. He had a monster stretch where, you know, eight years where, you know, you could say that he, you know, that was his prime. But, I mean, he has some accolades, five-time all-defensive, eight-time all-star, all-NBA, two-time. Listen, he was a team. rebounder and he blocked shots. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, he played defense. And also, too, here's the, the thing, too, that helped. He played in a city like Orlando. He's seven feet tall. He's winning slam dunk contests. It was easy for him to be the star in the face of that franchise. He's a likable guy. He's always got a big smile on his face. He's funny. He's laughing. So he was the right guy to lead that franchise, not taking anything away from him. But he did lose in his one even, finals attempt his when he lost too, to the Lakers. Even in his prime, too, it's not like it's um, amazing numbers. He was 20, 20, 20 points. Is it 14 rebounds, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 18 points, 14 rebounds, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 20 points, 12 rebounds, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 18 points. Like, it's not, it I mean, like, it was regular, bro. Like, yeah, it's yeah. consistent. <laughs> it's consistent. Yeah, I agree. But he's just a, he's just a more athletic Ben Wallace. Yeah. Let's be real. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't Good think one. he's the type Good of one. player. I, I could agree with Mel, though. I could see him replacing Bill Walt because. Bill Walt really don't don't have the numbers behind it or the, or the accolades. No but here's the thing, though. When you say replace Bill Walton, right, can't I find another center that's not but, on that list that I would rather place with Bill Walton than, than Dwight Howard? But but I was going to yeah. say Bill Walt does have two NBA championships. Yeah, he don't have five all defensive, but he still he has two. But so Bill I Walton mean, got a championship while riding the bench with bum knees. And Larry Bird and them carried him to that championship. Hey, leave Larry out of this. Yeah. So, so. Lee Bird, Bird said, you didn't hear him? I just said something good about Larry. Nah, Bird, I said he Bird carried said them to the championship. Bird said I said something good about him. No, nah, I got you. I said nothing bad about him. Bird, I'm just saying, Bill, Bird thought you was coming criticizing. at him. Bird thought you was coming at him. I apologize, Bird. You've mistaken. Okay. All right, all right. I, he said apology accepted. He said apology I'm coming. Accepted. I'm coming down on Bill Walton. You're giving him credit for these championships, but I know at least one of those championships with the Celtics. You can go look at the highlights. He's on the bench with. Is is Robert Horry the best role player ever? Scottie Pippen is. Yeah, because role player can take on so many definitions. Okay. Ryan Horry has b- rings, bitch, biggest shots. Listen, you, you want to call him one of the greatest clutch now, makers of all now, time? I sure. did say in a previous episode that Scotty is the best second player, but I'm just, I'm just posing a question because Robert Horry was the same guy you're talking about, Bill Walton, being on the bench but hold and he got seven rings out of it. But listen, I don't call Scotty Pippen a role player. A role player Scottie, to me, Scotty Pippen is bigger Pippen than a role was, player. No, I, I'm just saying that I don't think their game is on the same level. Scotty is a better player than him. I, I, would not, I would say that because Robert Horry is a role player, but I'm just speaking towards 
Scotty's role and then what what Robert Horry wound up getting out of his role, which is seven rings. Right, he took advantage but, of the opportunities that were in front of him, and he and he huh. played a big part of those. A part so, of those, and even one of those championships, he played a big part of it. So play, yeah, he made the game-winning shot. So, so apply that yeah. to to Bill Wolf. Uh, his two championships, he sat on the bench with both knees, but did he get in the game? Did he score a point, no. get a block, a rebound. He might have got a rebound. I don't rebound. think he played. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he played much in that finals when they won. No. So, yeah. Yeah, I, man. I, 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 I walk it back. Fuck Bill Walt. No, I'm sorry, Bill. Bill kicked my no, ass. No, but it's kind of like what Peter said, though. He followed, he followed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from UCLA, took them to where they're at, and then he got drafted, you know, to Portland, and he played really well. He won a championship there, and then his back started getting out. Listen, okay, so let me ask you this. Bill Walton had one of the greatest, one of the greatest college careers. Like, now, when you want to talk about top 10 and who's top 10 centers, forget all that. You could just say who's a top 10 college player of all time. Bill Walton's on that list. Yeah, Bill Walton. But he did in college was nuts. Top five, five. even better. So Bill Walton, not to take anything away from him, just when he got to the NBA, he wasn't the same player. So let me me pose a question. Is Bill Walton... First championship better than Dwight Howard's first championship. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I have to laugh. I have to laugh. I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry. That's a weird one, man. I you, um, <laughs> but I got you, Pete. Is Bill Wallen's first championship with the with the Trailblazers, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's better it's, than Dwight's with the oh, Lakers. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It All is. Right. Yeah. Please, Dwight. Dwight, please. Oh, Dwight is not good, man. I'm Dwight sorry. on Instagram after winning. Y'all see I him thought, I thought you guys were going to put up a bigger fight for the George guy. George, the George Mikel. Um, George Mikan. George Mikan. Yeah. Uh, I Listen, thought you guys were going to put up a better fight for him because he I, only played seven years. That's what, Listen, I thought I put, someone was going to argue about him. That's yeah, why I too. came prepared I with it. I was prepared. That's why I printed all of this out. I was like, they're going to talk about this dude, this dude, George. Let me just get everybody numbers. Let me just Listen, get I put... I put Bill Walton on my list of all the big guys to name because he was that good, but his NBA career, he just really wasn't. And uh, uh, when you talk about replacing a guy on those two Bleacher Report ESPN's list, okay, maybe you would say uh, Bill Walton's the worst on that list. But I still got five, ten other guys I can replace him with over over uh, Dwight Howard. See, I think the thing, I mean, thing is, too, is like people with today, these younger kids in basketball, because we're all kind of older here, and, and I'm 30. I'm assuming everybody's around that age here. Um, but with these younger kids and these younger generations, um, give or take a few years. I see you, Roy. Give or take a few years. 23. Uh, okay, give or take a couple oh, of years. Okay. <laughs> a couple okay. of years. But we're all in that. Uh, and, but you seem a lot more mature in basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, some, than kids your age because kids your age, they're prisoners of the moment where they're going to say the White House was top 10 because they never seen a Bill Wolf, Patrick Ewing, mm-hmm. David Robinson, Moses Malone, Hakeem, Shaq, and these guys play. They only know them by name, and then they can just go Google them on YouTube. They don't know the big the exactly. impact these guys had on the game. And I think that's where Dwight uh, fails at. Yeah, you made it to a finals, but when you made it to a finals in your prime, you didn't get it done, all right? You then go and win a championship off the bench as a bench player with the, one of the best players in the league, I don't think you can consider yourself amongst the best players. And guess what else? Even out Bill Walt, because Bill Walt actually went out there and contributed to one of his titles. And guess what else too? Does that did we forget when Dwight Howard won that championship with the Lakers in a the bubble? There were games where they didn't even let him play or JaVale McGee. Yeah, match on that team. Yeah. And yeah, they didn't even get up. to play because Vogel wanted to do it based on small ball and matchups. 
So please, Brian Howard, you collected a ring. Be happy and shut up. Yeah, I mean, I well, agree. Well, there's a couple of centers that you can put in like that borderline nine, ten range. I mean, you can do a Willis Reed. You can do a Wes Unseld. You can do a Yao Ming even. Yeah, that's another yeah, name I'm, yeah. not, I'm shocked not here. Yao Ming. Uh, it was too short. The career was too short. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. So was George uh, Mikan. So was Bill Walton. I just yeah. think Yao Ming was just tall. Global. I mean, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from his game. Yao, Yao, Ming, but... Yao Ming used to listen to Shaq talk about Yao Ming. Yao Ming used to give Shaq yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. He used to give he one of the, the dominant player. And then when we was talking about our last episode, Pete, about Shaq dominance on offense and being matched, y'all mean to match Shaq's offense. Yeah. Okay, but I didn't like when I when somebody made the argument that the Kembe Matumbo defended. No, but he wasn't saying great. no. Uh, Uncle Frank wasn't saying that he could match his offense. He was just saying that these guys could stand tall with Shaq on their defensive end while Shaq's on offense, and the Kembe was proving that he was a challenge for Shaq. Shaq had to learn how to how to cook that barbecue chicken before Matumbo was actually barbecue chicken. I mean, listen, because you blocked my shot three times in a game, but I still dropped 35 points on you, I'll take the 35 points. <laughs> How'd you get them 35 points, though? You had to work for them? How many, how many shots That's did you okay. gather the That's okay. And, and put, have to put it back up? Listen, I had 35 points, and I should have had 50 if I made my free throws. But defense isn't about – Shaq ain't making no free throws. Defense isn't about um, – no, nah, he's 50%, so he'll make one. But uh, defense isn't about stopping your guy. There's nobody in the NBA that can stop somebody. You can slow them down. You can mm -hmm. make them take tough shots. You can put them in predicaments where it makes the sh them getting off harder, like the Suns did to Steph Curry this week. I contribute that a little bit to the Suns, a little, little bit to Steph just having an off night. But you can do these things, but there's no player that can actually shut down a player. Eagle of Dollar right. won uh, 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 finals MVP off of what they called defense on LeBron, but LeBron was still dropping 30 points. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Why was that? Because Eagle Dollar was making him take tough shots. He was making him work harder. He was putting him in positions that but, wasn't giving LeBron the looks that he that he wants. That's what defense mm -hmm. is. That's why yes. Kawhi is so good. Because Kawhi can get up in your face as an on-ball defender and make you have to get that ball out of your hand. But people still drop buckets on Kawhi. Look at what Luka did to Kawhi and PG the last two years in the playoffs. Well, listen, mm -hmm. one of the arguments a couple of weeks ago, though, when that whole Dikembe Mutombo, uh, 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 Shaquille O'Neal thing came up, was ever was like, well, that Philadelphia 76ers team was real good and things like that. And I'll be honest with you, Shaq, at that time in his career, going against Dikembe Mutombo at that time's career, that was not Denver Nuggets Dikembe Mutombo. That was unfair. not Orlando Hawks Dikembe Mutombo. No, that was Philadelphia that was 76ers Dikembe Mutombo. Please, bro. Man, it was hurt seeing him do that. It, that was that was that hurt me seeing the Kimmy Tumble take that much punishment like that. I'm like, this dude's uh, one of the best defensive players in the league hey, history, you, and the fact that he was getting bodied by Shaq like that, it was just almost when, painful when to watch. You got chicken on the bone; it gotta go on the grill, okay? Yeah. Okay, Shaq put that boy on the grill, but now they had some good bad. Didn't they make uh, Matumbo and Shaq play when Matumbo was in, in on the Nuggets? Yeah, when Shaq was in Orlando, yeah, maybe. Shaq was in Orlando, though, yeah. <laughs> All right, so. so like I said, he learned how to how to barbecue chicken him over time. Listen, like, the Kembe is one of the greatest defensive players. Shaq, Shaq will tell you what kind of players Yao Mean and Matumbo was, and that's what that's what we have to go off of. Because like I said, the reason why we call this podcast, and I know I like saying this, the reason why we call this podcast from the sideline is because we sit on the sideline and just watch it. Mm. These guys are professional. They know what it's like to go up against each other. We don't know what it's like. I played street ball all my life, but I can't tell you what it's like to be in an arena 
playing in front of 30,000 fans and I'm asked to pull, carry a scoring load like some of these guys, like James Harden, KD, that's a lot of pressure on these guys. KD is yeah. lighting it up with these guys. I think so, anyway. But I had a few fans. but you I know. got one more question for you guys. What do you guys think about the Kemba Walker venture? Good. Saw that Good. Thibodeau, Tib- put your foot down. Put your foot down. If that's what's best for the team, then do it. We can't let you play just because you are our big free agent acquisition and we're paying you $9 million a year and your name's Kemba Walker and you're originally from New York. If you're not playing well, then you need to sit. And guess what? Can we argue with what Thibodeau did? The guy Alex Burke is in a lineup leading the team in scoring, dropping 26 points a night, playing point guard now. So if the improvement and the play is better, we can't argue with what Thibodeau did. I wish more teams would do that. I'm a Nets fan. I'm happy the Nets have finally benched Blake Griffin for LaMarcus Aldridge. The best man playing right now should be the man playing. Doesn't mean Kemba Walker can't get back into the rotation. Doesn't mean there isn't a team out there that might trade for Kemba Walker that could use him right now. I'm sure there is. But right now for the Knicks, if that's not the best fit, do what you got to do. I agree. I mean, look, with, with Alan Burks, I mean, basketball, look, you ride the hot hand. You, if so, someone's hitting, someone's hitting. Mm-hmm. You keep feeding them. Exactly. Look at Lynn's sanity, man. I mean, you feed you feed the hot hand. There's, I mean, you deviate from that, you're going against the grain. Yeah, and I think the I think the Knicks are in a, such a this is the best position they've been in the last in in the last years I can remember. So the fact that it is is not very surprising, just because you know Alex Burke is he's he's the he's the guy on tap right now. He's better fits with that lineup what they have with Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. So he's a better fit for them right now. And and we saw it's coming when when we saw that you know Brad Stevens who brought him over from Charlotte to Boston traded him to Oklahoma City. We kind of already saw the kind of the writing was already on the wall that, when he did that, exactly. and the fact that they, in fact, the Knicks brought him over off a discount. You know, obviously coming home is such a like blah 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 type of thing, but you know, he can fight his back in rotation. He's gonna have to fight. Have to, he's gonna have to climb over Derek Rose and Alec Burks in order to get some playing time. But you know, maybe he can play good. And the, and the, and the, can, the second year player too. What's the second year player's name? R.J. Barrett. No, no, no. Second year. Mitchell Rob. R.J.'s third year. Uh, no, no. The point, the guard, uh, with the Braves, in the Knicks. I, um, I'm bad with the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, uh, he started in the lineup last night against the Chicago Bulls. His name's on the tip of my tongue. I want to tell you the wrong name. I don't want to set you up for failure. Oh, Emmanuel, quickly. Quickly. Thank you, quickly, quickly. Yeah, from Thank Kentucky. You. Thank I you. was thinking Maxi, yeah. and I'm like, it's not Maxi. Maxi. Yeah. You know what? Maxi came to my head too. They almost look alike. I actually, I actually have a topic about Maxi and uh. Thank you, Maxi. Yeah. So quickly, what I was gonna say was, it's like Alex Burke is in the lineup, right? You know, Kemba Walker's the starter. And if anybody asked anybody, so if if, if Kemba Walker doesn't hold his starting position, who do you think's gonna come up next? They would have said, oh, Derrick Rose. Well, no, it's not Derrick Rose. Oh, it's Emmanuel Quickly. No, it's not Emmanuel Quickly. It's Alex Burke. It's who? So I like the fact he has, he has, but nobody knows who Alex Burke is. The casual basketball fan does not know who Alex Burke is at all. So the fact that the fact that Thibodeau knew what he had in Alex Burke to the point where Thibodeau's been coaching Derrick Rose since Chicago Bulls, it would have been easy to bring Derrick Rose right into the starting lineup. Derrick Rose can still start on a team. Derrick Rose might not start for the Knicks, but guess what? In crunch time, Derrick Rose is always in the game in the final minutes. So Derrick Rose knows how to be a starter in this league. So you would have thought it would have been one of those guys to get called up to do it, but no, he went to, we went to Burke. No problem. And it's working. Yeah. Yeah, Pierre, just to spin off of that, you know, a lot of people don't know what Alex Burks was, but, you know, you know, he started off with Utah, and he also played with Golden State, too, as well. So he has some miles on him, too, as well. And, he, and he, I think he's finally found a situation where – because when he was with Utah, 
they were looking at him for him to be that guy because he was there before Donovan Mitchell was. So they were like, with he was looking to be, they were looking for him to be that guy. And then when he went to Golden State, he kind of find a little role with him, but he fought his way out of the rotation just with Andrew Wiggins being over there and everything like that. So he's finally found a place where the expectation is not so high for them. He can just actually go out and play basketball and he's taking full advantage of the opportunity that he has right now. And, you know, it's like you said too as well, like, you know, Derrick Rose is going to be in there the last five minutes of the game too as well. But Alec Burke can help with, help them stabilize the game so that way they're always in it. And then Derrick Rose can finish it off too as well. Because that's who Tim, Tim Thibodeau, he loves Derrick Rose. And he's, you know, like I say, he's been with them since the Chicago Bulls and he was with them with Minnesota too as well. So he knows what he's got with him too, so. I like the move a lot. Good for good for Alex Burks. Matter of fact, I never even looked at Alex Burks as a point guard. I always looked at him as a shooting guard. Agreed. So when I heard yeah, that or he small was forward, going, yeah, 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 even a small forward. So when I heard he was a starting point guard, I'm like, six, okay, six, Thibodeau, okay, yeah. Thibodeau, do your six, thing, six. bro. Absolutely. You good for him. Ball, the small ball comes in, and the uh-huh. front court, <laughs> and yep. the tall yep. ball goes to the back. Exactly. You can, it, when you got those bigger guards, yeah. now you, you can go smaller guards, in the center position. Yes. Flip the game. Yes. Flip the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of speed and athleticism. I wonder, I wonder who, who gets credit for that. Small ball? Mike D'Antoni last season with the Rockets, he traded his whole well, team that was, for that, that small was, ball. That wasn't small ball. But who that, started that was, it? That that know, was that was question. miniature ball. That was that was you go you get the smallest people and then leave. He traded away Capella, Nate Robinson, and you. Yeah, you yeah. PJ in, Tucker starting at the five. Like, that was the worst decision ever. Yeah, worst decision out. ever. PJ couldn't hope to get out of there faster, bro. He Listen, said, "You got me down here with Jokic. You got me down here with Giannis. I'm not supposed to What's the difference of having PJ? What's the difference having PJ Tucker just starting center or Blake Griffin? What's the difference? Blake's At least PJ Tucker can stretch the floor. Right. Blake's a stretch four, but Blake Blake is closer to the center than PJ. Yeah, and Blake can't shoot. He has no legs. He can't jump no more. Blake is ooh. Blake dunking now. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he's coming, he's a, coming back. That's coming a good ESPN. Soft, little soft that's dunk. a good ESPN 30 for 30. Lob City. Right in ESPN. Take my notes. Lob City. 30 for 30. I want to hear it. Lob City. Chris Paul, no, DeAndre uh, Jordan. Chris Paul got to do them like Michael Dick Scotty though. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. And, doll, and, with, and with the whole dog and the whole dog. And you want to know something? Well. I could see Chris Paul doing that. He seemed like he got that little chip on his shoulder. I could see Chris doing that. Chris don't look this like the most friendliest guy in the world. Nigga, go talk to the director for yours. That's what Michael did. Chris Paul, I'm taking a book out of Michael. You gonna give me the money and tell me to disperse it? I'm keeping. Yeah. I took it personally. That'd I took it personally when he said that. 30. That'd be a good thirty. Definitely, 30. that would be a thirty for thirty, bro. I mean, think about it. They can also talk about the whole Donald Sterling thing in that one yes. too. Oh, that'd be a great one. How it affected them? How it affected exactly, and how they rebounded from that. That mm-hmm. would have been great. Doc that Rivers and all that. Great. But you know yeah, that, that shit coming out. Chris Paul probably already in the damn works with. You know, he, he working on it with State Farm like, right now. You ain't heard. The credits gonna come on. It's gonna be thirty for thirty. State Farm. Like, State little Farm Chris is pl- little Chris is playing his dad. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, Cl- but now, that would be Cliff a dope, That would be a dope thirty. Uncle Cliff. Uncle Cliff. Yeah, Cliff Paul Uncle comes Cliff. in. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good thirty for thirty. What else would be a good thirty for thirty? The Florida uh, Florida Gators. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, Tim Tebow. Yes, that whole team. Percy Harvin, yeah. Percy Harvin, the uh, Pouncy Twins. Oh my gosh. Percy Harvin. Also, I think that 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 uh, I would call it Thunderstruck with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. How that relationship ended. I would do mm. that thirty for thirty. That, that's a quick. Well, story. well, Harden. That's a Harden, quick story. Harden was supposed to get paid, and they couldn't afford to pay off the superstars. 
But you can also look at the like the whole thing with like Sam Presti trading all those players for draft picks and not using them right. And then the and then when um then when Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant played for the first time against each other and how they had that little that little head to head little thing that they had in the second quarter of that game. You know, you can go. That's I think that'll be a good thirty for thirty spinoff. They're gonna do one on. Uh, I can see them easily doing one on like Golden State blowing the lead against the Cavs and LeBron. No, nah, they would probably they, thirty for thirty. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't like that one. I would rather you keep it on a player. Like Nate Robinson should get a thirty for thirty. Nate Robinson for getting knocked out. No. <laughs> you could end it with the knockout. Like as as he says his last words. The credits start rolling, and you do the Marvel thing. You cut the credits and bring another scene out, and it's and it's fucking uh whatever his fucking name is. Jake Paul. Paul. Paul yeah, Jake Paul knocking his ass out, and then the credits come back. Like, but nah. I think Matt Tite. I think Matt Tite should get a thirty for thirty. The whole thing with the whole him and his girlfriend. Him and his girlfriend. went on catfish, bro. Him his girlfriend and his grandma. Nah, that shit is real though, man. People get catfish every day out here, bro. You gotta be careful, especially NFL and like like athletes. You meet these girls. Now come on, but listen, 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 listen. Come on, you're sitting here in agreement. You're yes, you're sitting here agreeing to having a long term relationship with a person you never met before. Come on, bro. I have a long term uh, relationship before when I was a kid with a person I never met before. You a grown ass man talking about I love her. She turned out to be the mirror, nigga. You're looking at yourself. What? <laughs> you love yourself. It was literally, it was literally a dude in another dorm room giving like the phone to his roommate's like brother, and he's like, "Hi, how are you doing? What's up, man? Ty? Like, come on, man. They, never, they don't, they don't watch catfish, bro. You gotta watch catfish. Yeah. Catfish give you all the tools not to get catfish, and catfish is still running to this day. Don't you know, know but the technology is so running. advanced. You should be able that was to a, sniff the. He that took was a, Hawaii. What, that happened? He took Hawaii off the map, man. Nobody want to go to Hawaii after that happened, man. <laughs> They're like, man, Titeo, where your girl Everybody go to school? He, she, he said Bishop Sycamore. She found a football team there. <laughs> he said Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, we we at the end of the show, man. We're going to leave out with some final thoughts, and we're going to start with our guest. Uh, Mel, what's your final thoughts? I mean... It's, I mean, we're coming to we're going to crunch time right now. You know, NFL playoffs are come, upcoming. Baseball is in a late baseball's on strike. Basketball's coming up on its peak season. Saw a lot of college football coaches move. We can probably go to USC and also Brian Kelly go to LSU. Playoffs about to be cha- conference championship weekends this weekend. So it's going to be a it's going to be a nice nice little fall coming up. So very exciting uh, just to see what happens next. Final thoughts, Ross? Yeah, I mean. Sh- I mean, he wrapped it up, put a bow on it, man. That was great because I had the same things, man. I mean, football coming up, and we're coming to crunch time, so every game matters. Every game matters. And especially if you're in fantasy football, hey, playoffs are coming around, man. So now's the time. Now's the time. So, I mean, I look forward to, you know, just great sports coming up. Christmas Day basketball is always amazing. I can't wait for that. And, you know, holidays, it's a good time, man. So, you know, just spread joy, spread love. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I'm looking forward to the Monday night game, the Pats versus the Bills. Um, I think that could be a a real good game. It's nice to have the best games not be on Sunday. I like to have it, or at least on Sunday night, I like to have the really good games. Um, Don't be surprised if that Washington-Vegas game turns out to be a shootout also. Um, And on the college end, I'm looking forward to, I mentioned in my opening message, I'm looking forward to seeing Cincy versus Houston. Houston, uh, Cincinnati being number three ranked, not being a school that's known for being good at football. 
Let's see if they can keep their uh, national championship hopes alive because I'm, I'm rooting for them. I like to see when a small school can jump into that final four and maybe do some damage. Um, yeah, and also too, you got Alabama, Georgia, number one versus number four. So um, there's a lot of games this weekend that can completely either keep you in the top four for a national championship or knock you out the top four for a national championship. And I'm pretty sure one of these top four teams that are going to be in the national, that are right now scheduled to be a national champion, somebody's losing this weekend. Somebody's gonna get replaced with another team. We just gotta see who it is. Yeah. I mean, with that said, man, I want to thank Mel. I want to thank Roy. Thank you guys for stopping by, man. We really appreciate it here. Cause, you know, Absolutely, man. Thanks for having us. Up, uh, thanks thanks, for, thanks for having us. me. I'll, I'll love to do this again with you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. no, we definitely going to yeah. keep, keep you up. We're going to definitely have you guys back, man. Trust me, we, we are looking to have some regular guests on that could come in when, you know, when we need somebody on because we like talking to people. We don't like talking to ourselves. We like talking to people. So uh, when I started, it was by myself and I met my, my, my great co-host, Keith. And now I'm meeting you guys. So I'm just trying to build a culture over here where, you know, when you guys want to come, when we have the free time, you can come on and talk to the sports with us. It's a vibe. You know what else, too? It's, a, it's, a, it's also, and it's also good, too, to get some other takes from out of the state of New Jersey. You know, me and Troy are from Jersey, and a lot of our guests are from New Jersey. Yeah, so it's our, nice our to primary, hear. Our primary two guests is from Jersey, too. Yeah, so uh, nice yeah. to get some uh, East Coast, West Coast action going on, man. Yeah, Definitely. I got a, I got a guy coming that's going to be... Uh, LA Monday and we'll do the podcast with so that's gonna be kind of cool we get to see the LA sun, the sunrise cause it's gonna be 9 a.m. over there well, I'll tell you right now, these guys, we we doing this show with them. They got it good, okay? He's in Vegas. I mean, what compares to that? He got this beautiful view behind him. I'm seeing nothing but sunny. <laughs> right, I was saying that. I was like, like, he went out like, on the patio like, yeah. like yeah, Roy's living man. his best life right now. Yeah, right. 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 Dang, man. But no, um, this is great, man. And I, I Troy gives me credit, you know, co-host and all that. But none of this is possible without him, man. He makes this show go, I'm telling you. So all credit, definitely. Troy's the man, yo, definitely. Thank you, I try. But now again, man, Mel, Roy, we definitely gonna have you guys back. Um, I actually got some slots open. So I'll be in touch with you guys so we can figure out some more dates, get you guys back in here. And uh, yeah, just thank you guys. Appreciate you guys stopping by and spending time with me and Troy. I mean, me and Troy. Me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just me and me. Thank you for spending He's time looking in the mirror right now. Yeah. He's right. looking in that mirror. Right, I'm looking at my computer screen. But nah, just thank you guys for spending time with me and Keith and uh, from the sideline podcast and the fans that watch it and yeah we definitely gonna have you guys back on we like your vibes we like chilling with you guys you guys bring some good points it's always a good conversation so uh yeah thank you guys and yeah this is our this is our peace peace